0: Crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. Crazy, crazy, baby. I go crazy. 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 That's crazy talk.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode eight of Crazy Talk. Um I'm KYT and we're here with John Medina, with Frank, with Alex Hain, and today we have a special guest. We've had Drew Leving on, we've had Legacy Superstar Mark Sun on, and now we have an innovator on. And John, would you like to
2: introduce him? It's not an innovator, it's the <laughs> innovator. The innovator. <laughs> the innovator, Patrick Chapin. How's it going, Pat?
3: Uh, Excellent, how are you guys doing? (laughs) Good,
1: good Uh, So usually when we have a guest We start him with a segment that we like to call The Five And we're going to ask Pat The same five questions that we've asked Previous guests in the past And I am trying to I've just lost those five questions (laughs) (laughs) What a dunk (laughs) So um, So question one is how did you get into Legacy? And Pat, it would be like, did you start Standard first? Did you just start playing Legacy from the get go? I mean, this is probably a very long, yeah, I mean, long
3: time ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I started playing Legacy because they invented it. Like they to, <laughs> no, they used to call it, you know, they used to call it Magic. And then they invented Type 2. And so then there was Type 1 and Type 2. And then after a while, they eventually created, uh, you know, Type 1 5, which is the precursor to Modern Legacy. But now I've, you know, I've just, you know, I've always played it. Okay.
1: Second question. What's your favorite magic card and why?
2: <laughs> 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 Come on, it's better than all. <laughs>
3: I, I'm going to go with Jake's to Mind Sculpture on this one. It embodies everything uh, that I love about being a blue mage. You know, it does all my favorite things drawing cards. Making tons of little incremental decisions, uh, you know, manipulating the library, bouncing things like tempo plays, not having to rely on a dedicated victory condition, uh, and it's just the best card, <laughs> you know. Like,
4: are are you against the banning or or you're for the banning? Like, what's your stance on that?
3: For I'm in favor of reality. It isn't going to get banned. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, how about this? I don't think it needs to be banned. I think it's by far the best card and if it weren't, if we were only looking at gameplay factors, it might get banned. But we're not. It's like the center of the entire brand. And if they don't need to ban it, they're not gonna want to because it would be a very unpopular decision. You know? Like I think they want to reinforce the idea that if you go out and invest in all of these cards that they're not gonna just get yanked from under you if they ever get too good. You know? I think it's more likely that a card like Valakid or Preordain would get hit, although what I think is actually, uh, actually even more likely is that it won't come to that because New Prexy is going to shake things up. Question number three. What would you like to be known
1: for in the Magic community?
3: What would I like to be known for? <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming this, like, this... I guess... uh an undying love for the game.
1: That's a great answer. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, because you know some people. I mean, lots of people know you, and they know you for different, you know, for different reasons. Some of them know you as the author. You know, some some now know you as as a rap artist. You know, like <laughs> different things. So like, it's just kind of like we ask that question to see what you like, what you would like to be known for. Because all the time we get like secondhand information of what you're about. You know, like oh, I mean, like.
3: And there's a reason I've been playing the game for, you know, like, just for years and years and years and years and years. I'm going to be playing when I'm 40. I'm going to be playing when I'm 50. It is definitely an undying love for the game, you know?
4: <laughs> to me, to me, like, you're one of my favorite personality in Magic exactly for that reason. Because, like, me too, I just love the game. And, like, you, you're such a good ambassador for the game that, like, y- you can't ask, like, for a better person, you know, to uh, <laughs> Wow, you're promote so too it. kind. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nicest show
3: I've ever been on. <laughs> Stop asking us, Frank. No. <laughs> yeah. Frank
1: tells nothing but the truth. No, Question don't. four. You're going to get into a bar fight, and you can pick one member of the Magic community to get your back. Who's your pack one pick one, Pat?
3: Well, I missed the end of it. Okay. Oh, okay.
1: If you can pick someone... Yeah. To to get back in a bar fight, who's your pack one, pick one?
3: To have my back in a bar fight, huh? In the magic <laughs> community. I'm, I'm guessing, guessing it's not Paul Rietzel, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, mean, I mean, how, how, uh, how, how famous fight? does the person have to yeah. be?
2: Anyone and in the magic community.
3: <laughs> hmm. It might might, might surprise some people, people, but I think I think I might actually go with Dan Burdick.
2: Now, who's Dan Burdick?
3: Matt Place's brother, uh, Dan Burdick is. He's actually the first person to ever win a thousand dollars at a magic tournament, way back in the day. Now he is definitely he's in the Railbird Hall of Fame. He's uh, he's more of a poker player these days, but. He's uh a personality who just shows up to events sometimes and he still plays magic, but he isn't uh he isn't playing on the pro tour. Nice. And he's either badass? <laughs> <laughs> uh I would say he's got a lot of heart. Nice. Uh, yeah, if we were just going on badass. Uh I'm not, I actually think I think you, Mr. Medina might actually be in the running for uh <laughs> I'm just saying, like if it's going down like on my short list. I, you definitely have a list of people who I got the feeling has actually had somebody's back in a bar fight before.
4: <laughs> Medina sure, some uh, sure has a lot of weight to throw around.
2: <laughs> Just so you know, Pat, if you do need me in a bar fight, I'm there, dude. We'll throw down.
3: Awesome, love it. Uh,
2: so, question five, John. All you right, can... Pat. Question number five. What's the craziest thing that you've ever done?
3: Oh, hold on just a second. I realized the correct answer to number four was actually Jerry Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so what's question number five again? Craziest thing I've ever done.
2: <laughs> question number five is what's the craziest thing you've ever done?
3: You gotta be kidding me, right? Like I like, we gotta draw the line at what's legal, right? <laughs> Preferably not. No. <laughs> I mean, let's see. Uh, I used to be into jumping off of buildings like uh three and four story buildings mm. recreationally like wow. just let's see um, let's see. I used to party pretty hard um, <laughs> I used to some of the uh it's a fine line answering this question, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I tried cutting Gabe Walls at the World Championships in 2007. <laughs> like his deck or his person?
5: <laughs> his deck? What are you talking about?
2: <laughs> All right. I don't know. I mean, it
3: depends on what crazy means, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just sure, like, we could just let the listening audience, their just imagination, we could just let it run wild. Because I'm sure if it's crazy... Then you've probably done it.
3: <laughs> okay, so I mean hung out with Eminem the night that Kim tried to commit suicide. Wow. Uh, in Detroit, uh backstage at the Up and Smoke Tour. Um, let's see. That's pretty crazy. Uh uh I definitely ran the uh like I was partying for about seven and a half days at one point in my ill spent youth and realized it needed to come to an end. So, my girlfriend at the time and I just hopped on a plane and flew to Mexico and, uh, just kinda took a vacation for a while until we decided to stop partying. That was kinda crazy. Like, when I got back, there was like an eviction notice thing going on at my, uh, at the time apartment complex because I had just disappeared, you know? (laughs) And so I went in to go deal with that and, uh, unfortunately they were under new management. And so they didn't really know what was going on because the old management got forcibly removed very quickly from some scandal. So they didn't have a lot of documentation of what was going on. They just had a record showing that I was supposed to be moved out by the end of like two weeks or like some amount of time. And I said, oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm supposed to move out, right? And they're like, yeah, is there anything we can do to convince you to stay? (laughs) (laughs) So I negotiated a better term and, you know. (laughs) You're like, yeah, and fix the damn air conditioning. (laughs) I made him give me a, uh, like, I I moved over to a two-bedroom instead of a one-bedroom and just kept the same rent, you know? That's sick.
2: Upgrade me. (laughs) That's getting value right there. (laughs) That's
6: car advantage.
1: (laughs) Pat, I've got to ask before we continue on. Did Jerry ever get you back for the pie in the face? (laughs)
3: Uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess he's not going to forget about it now. <laughs> Maybe don't want that. Jerry's definitely on the long con on this one. Radar is on nine thousand. Like, there's no like, it, it is going to take an orchestrated effort. But I think he's got to wait until he actually like he has to wait. Until he's at a spot where he's actually, you know, where he can actually get enough out of it to be worth the effort. Because the problem is he can't try and fail or it's doubly bad for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we had him out, out on a cast once and he said that he he was scared to get back at you because then you would get him even worse.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jerry is a wise man. <laughs> <laughs> he's always one step ahead though, you gotta watch out yeah. oh. Oh, oh, that's clever John. <laughs> but
6: Paco is innovating new ways to get him, right? Right
1: <laughs> So obviously we want to get Pat's opinions of the new cards Because he's told us that he's been getting ready for Providence But before that, uh, John, would you like to get into the current format And, and what you played this weekend?
2: Quickly Yeah sure Not quickly But yeah I'll do that Fast <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah I played high tide At a local uh, GPT And um, I was uh, I did alright uh, It came down to Basically I mean all the other matches Were pretty much Same old stuff But uh, it came down to Playing the bubble match And I had to play it Against the mirror And I lost Because I didn't know How to play the high tide mirror so um so do you do you know how to play the high tide mirror, Patrick?
3: Uh I I mean like to think of it. <laughs> so <laughs> I like guess. I don't know. What, like, what does the, it mean to play the high tide mirror?
2: Yeah, what is the rules in, in playing the high tide mirror? Like, like how what is your strategy? Like what should you be trying to do, you know?
3: Uh I mean, I guess are you playing with candelabras and they're playing with candelabras?
2: Yeah, we both are playing with candelabras. And um
3: in it's you both just like, like Punning Wish?
2: Yep, it's pretty much the exact 75 from, uh, what's it called, uh, the last Hatfield that won, uh, Jesse, right? Yeah, it's, it's that perfect 75 near, except for he has in his sideboard, instead of a, a bounce spell, he has a, um, Ravenous Trap.
3: So you don't play repeals, do you?
2: Uh, he, we, we both play repeals, cause wasn't there... Oh, you do. Yeah, wasn't there three? I think there's three repeals in that list. So I had three repeals, he had two.
3: Alright, perfect. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I like to try to play it a very controlling sort of way. You know, like, I don't look for time spiral or high tide type cards. I -hmm. just try to find, uh, I just try to find card draw. Not card draw, uh, like permission and library manipulation. Mm -hmm. And just keep playing out land and just trying to, uh, get your candelabras and land in play. Get, you know, as many permanents as you can in play. Mm-hmm. And um, and keep shuffling back the the cards that let you combo off or that actually let you go off, and you mm-hmm. just try to end up winning by. Uh, so I mean, I, and it's going to be different once there's Jutaxian Probe, mm-hmm. but um, for the time being, just set up by winning the Cunning Wish, where you either can you know by, uh, or you can use Blue Sun Zenith. You mm-hmm. either want to just get big card advantage that way on the end step. Or tap them out with Turnabout or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you can set it up so that you can either win a fight over Turnabout or or get some other kind of instant speed advantage on the rent step, uh, that's great. But the the big thing is I like trying to win these situ- get into these situations where you can repeal candelabras when their times spiraling or when your mm-hmm. times spiraling. Oh, but uh, yeah, oh, for so the most part, I like to just play Draga. Okay, because like what I
2: did is, like, I wasn't exactly sure how to play it, and i played in Control Mirrors before, and I know the thing in Control Mirrors, just don't blink. Just, like, kick <laughs> it there and, like, end step everything, and, like, and, and, you know, don't fight over card draw, end step things, and then, like, eventually they're going to try to play a threat, and then that's when you punish them. So, like, I was kind of trying to take that same uh, strategy, but I just, it, the, the match seemed, like, very uh, deep, because it's, like... Okay, so you have different tools. You have uh Meditate, which you can use to bury them in card advantage, you know. But you don't want to be tapped out when they go off.
3: Okay, yeah, see, and I definitely play a little bit differently. Like, I'm used to, I usually don't play, like, all the, the Meditate action, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, so what I did is I got all aggressive with my med- Meditate's so the first game I got aggressive and meditate because I'm like well maybe I just bury this guy in card advantage and then um you know we'll see what happens so that didn't really work out because
3: how do you geez. not have yeah how do you not like, how, don't you end up with too many cards in your hand
2: Uh, yeah but I could just discard stuff like time spirals and stuff like that
3: but then you're not really burying him in card advantage yeah I know yeah oh. it wasn't <laughs> so like that that's was why it mis- didn't work I guess huh? yeah <laughs>
2: So, so like, that was my initial thought, is just, like, get, I I guess, get card card advantage or card quality or whatever on him. And so I tried that, and then he just waited until, like, he had more lands, and then he meditated me, and then he just comboed off the next turn, and he had, like, double force of will and stuff by then, you know what I mean? Because he had sculpted his hand.
3: Yeah, you want to just play draw, go. You want to wait, 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 wait. Just be patient, you know?
2: Yeah, and so then the second thing I try to do is, like, the next game, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to play Draw girl And i got to admit, like, both games, I was not good at being patient. I was just kind of, like, being really aggressive. And maybe it was just, I don't know, maybe I was just in that kind of mood that day or whatever. Um, but so what happened was he played a high tide, and I turn about his lands in response, like, thinking, oh, this is a pretty pretty decent play, you know. But then he just played another high tide on top. And then like floated all kinds of mana and played a candelabra and just you know so like I guess turnabouting in the lands in response to the high tide is not always the best thing to do right?
3: No, it doesn't necessarily accomplish that much. But you you really don't want to have to have it get to that point anyway. I mean, remember if you just let his high tides resolve, then you still have all, like you have boatloads of mana.
2: Yeah, the 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 plan that I wanted to do, like going into the match, I kept thinking this. I was just like, all I need to do is leave my mana untapped, get a counterspell, and get a cutting wish, and then when he goes off, in response to him winning, just or whatever, just cutting wish for the um brain freeze, and brain freeze him, you know.
3: Like it would. Uh, yeah, I mean something something to consider if you really just want to be aggressive. Think about how aggressively you can play a land every turn. You know, you keep getting in there. Yeah. Like every single turn, just boom, get into your resource row with another land. I see what you're saying. Because it's not like it's like um think of your the your hand. Like uh-huh. I think it is like every time you're casting a spell, he gains a life. <laughs> so like the only way to keep him down da- like the uh, and, and every time you play a land, he takes a damage, you know? Like the yeah. whole is for you to play enough land without having to play spells.
2: <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. So like, so yeah, I obviously I lost that matchup, and like after I lost, some guys like look, some guy looks over at me, and he's just like, "Dude, you tapping out in the tide mirror? And he just gave me like this disgusted look, and I'm like, "Dude,
3: sorry, I didn't know, man." <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, yeah I mean, my... dude, what's wrong with you? There's only 43 different decks in Legacy. You haven't <laughs> tested every single uh, every single matchup. Come on, man.
2: <laughs> I'm just like, hey, you're playing Forge Master, okay? <laughs> no, no. I, I mean,
4: guess Jonathan is used to be like the only baller in the room with candelabras. Eh? <laughs>
2: that's that's what it was. It's like, man, I was doing well at the locals because no one else had high tide, and it was just easy to win all these other matchups, you know. But uh, when I played the Tide Mirror, it was just kind of like, eh. like. But I know, I know better now. I mean, so that, that's how my weekend went. I didn't top eight, and uh, you know, I got some good trades in afterwards. So
1: you, you could have done worse, John. Like in uh, at Star City Games, Boston, where I was at, some guy, one of Bryce's friends, came up to me and said he just finished a High Tide Mirror, where he actually Blue Sun Zenith, the other person, for exactly. The guy's deck,
2: uh-huh.
1: because he thought he would get countered or something, and then the guy said, "Okay, untapped and killed him." <laughs>
2: <laughs> How could he do that? Because <laughs> what did I he don't... just have to draw and die?
1: Uh,
3: he killed him on his upkeep, like high tide, high tide, high, t- like high tide, high tide, high tide, turnabout, high tide, high. T- you know, you have your entire deck. Oh yeah, agile. that's right. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's the sickest. <laughs> you have all your turnabouts, honey wishes, high tides, everything.
2: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: yeah. The other guy felt like an idiot. (laughs) That makes a whole
2: bunch of sense. No, that really. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty funny.
1: So, you didn't you didn't go through that?
2: Yeah. So how did you do? You did you played in Legacy at the at the at the SCG in Boston. I did. I, I did terrible. Um,
1: I played Affinity, but I want to credit Pat because I started Legacy with his exact list from SCG San Jose and the recommendations that he gave me in his email to take down my first tournament which was the face-to-face games Invitational here. So, Pat, thanks for that. <laughs> and been- I, decided to, I decided to take it because Pat told me that, relatively speaking, it was one of the easier decks to take. And then I've been playing it ever since, as I feel overwhelmed when I'm, when I'm playing any other deck. But now... Uh, after SEG experience, I went one and three. Um, I feel I want Pat's opinion because I've, I'm not sure if I should keep playing this deck because it gets inconsistent hands and it's a it's a deck that I hate to mulligan with because I think it doesn't mulligan well.
3: I mean, I think you might want to you know take off the training wheels. Right. I mean, it's a good it it, it is a it's a fine deck, but. uh it sounds like you've you you know you've gotten you've gotten some familiarity with the format a little bit now, and you're starting to see that, well, this was a uh, an okay deck for you to, for a time, that uh, it might not be what you're looking for. You know, like I don't think it's the best deck in the format by any means. So I definitely think that it's uh, that if you're comfortable, you know, if you if you've got a handle on this one, it might be time to move on and uh, and work on another you know another style of play, start expanding your repertoire. Sounds good. I ended up losing. I ended up losing to Mono
1: Red, beating another Mono Red player that had no idea what he was doing. He actually cyborged Pyrostatic Pillars against me, and then he, like said he had no idea what he was doing, and subsequently <laughs> to me, uh,
3: <laughs> fairly standard.
1: <laughs> and he's like, oh, I don't really play Legacy. I just okay, and end up losing to Goblins because they. Play Play that red card that... That red like, card? Yeah, there's a bunch of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, a, it's like a... It's where you have to remove a red card, but you do four divided. Pyro- oh, yeah.
2: Pyrokinesis.
1: And, like, I, I was just blown away by, by that card and in, in, in games two and three. So, against Goblins, and I'm like, I don't think I'm... I'm taking the training wheels off. I don't think I'm playing Affinity ever again unless... There's you don't something. want to write it off.
3: There's a big difference between setting it aside and throwing it away. You know, like sometimes you just take the like sometimes you take the sword and you you put it away. It's not time for a sword, you know. But to just throw it away, I mean, what about in the future if it's if if there is time for a sword fight, you know? Right. Okay, you're right, Pat. Uh, but there's like those characteristics
1: that I mentioned that that bother me: the fact that I don't think it mulligans well, the fact that it's inconsistent, that. But maybe someday, I'll I'll, I'll, well, I'll still keep it in mind, because I've had success with it, obviously, winning uh, a fairly big local tournament with it.
2: I think that because the meta is cyclical, like, there may come a time where Affinity is really good. Absolutely. And then, yeah, and then you'll have the the experience with the deck, so you can
3: just bust it out again and roll some tournaments, you know? Because, like, isn't Affinity one of the best decks against, like, uh, like Team America?
6: Oh, yeah, it crushes Team America. Like, style, do anything, go for the throat,
3: very nice card. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, maybe, you know, because Team America is one of the strategies that is most benefited by mental misstep. Whereas mental misstep isn't actually particularly strong against affinity. So it's possible that in the future, once mental misstep is legal, if Team America with mental misstep becomes very popular... Affinity might start becoming more and more appealing of an option.
2: Yeah, that sounds right. This is a good segue, actually, to to talk about your testing for Providence. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about before we go there? Well, I I
1: wanted to mention quickly that I always thought that Affinity wasn't popular because I didn't see too many hate cards when I looked at the top eight of SCG lists, and, you know, Affinity never really performed that well, even but it did end up winning one event a few weeks ago. But I was playing at SCG Boston. My first round matchup. I just remember what it was. It was a affinity mirror where you know whoever had the better hands ended up uh, winning the match. But rounds one, two, three, four, I was looking around me. You know, there's there's a healthy amount of affinity players. Uh, I was surprised. Like I didn't know that that if I was playing at an SCG, maybe it's just Boston, but if I was playing at an SEG event, I'd definitely pack something for them if I felt my deck was weak against them. But uh, that would what, be my last. What
4: time. did the field uh, look like uh, in Boston? I mean, I would. Like, I just saw. I w- I would like more specifically, like it, what decks like did you saw uh, a lot of people playing?
1: I think Affinity would would be the main one, and then there was a lot of other. Innovative decks that were around me I mean, Drew was playing something Spicy Um, I think Jerry was also AJ Soccer was playing something different So there there was a lot of variety But the one deck that I recognized As I looked around me was Affinity the most But none of them actually did well (laughs) Including me So, John You can seg way ahead
2: (laughs) So, So yeah, I actually was Curious about the um, the Team America build after mental misstep. What do you think happens? Do you think they take out Stifles, or how do they well, make I mean, room for
3: that? Yeah, you got to remember, like a lot. Like I kind of come from the Jerry school, Jerry Thompson school a little bit, where I'm not even fully enamored with Stifle anyway. Uh-huh. You know? like Stifles a fine card and all that, but it goes in cycles. When Stifles actually uh, where you want to be. But I think the mental misstep is so. I mean, mental misstep is definitely where you want to be. So yeah, like the the build I was working with doesn't have any stifles.
4: We we actually had some uh, listeners ask specifically about stifle. Like what? Like what's the what's what's the Jerry T. Patrick Chapin stand on on this card? Like could you explain a little bit? Like why you don't like it?
3: Why I don't like stifle? Yeah. I mean I, I I like the card I just think that I don't like it as much as some of the people who are always putting stifle in their uh in their black blue in their bug decks you know in their black blue green him to Turok decks I mean there was this time period where people really wanted to play like the the, the true team america deck you got to remember is a sinkhole wasteland stifle land destruction deck okay I mean they, it got its name because you're bombing lands, like Team America, the, the show, or whatever, the movie. The, 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 the black, blue, green strategy that we like is much more, uh, him to Turok oriented, and, uh, just letting this, you know, leaving the sinkholes and the stifles alone, you know? I mean, Wasteland is still a fine card, but, but, uh, for the most part, we'd rather go after their hand, and the stack, you know, like permission and, uh, and their hand. The the, the land destruction, um, this isn't a format full of people playing big, expensive spells, you know? So the land destruction isn't actually super, uh, it isn't necessary, it's not as good as it would be, you know? There's too many people who just play spells that cost one and two. So, yeah, I mean, I, to All me, right. Sifle is better than Sinkhole. But I mean, it's it's still uh, a conditional land destruction spell for the most part.
4: How how do you like uh, playing uh, Thoughtseize in uh, in addition to Imtatorak? Because I, I tried uh, Jerry's build that was running it like he, he he ran that one a few weeks ago in uh, in one of the SCGs, and uh, like I had some games that like I started turn one. Thought turned to him to Torak and that was mostly gaming.
3: Yeah, yeah, well I definitely like him to Torak and, and Thought together. Absolutely. Plus it's kinda of funny, but mental misstep is actually much more of a thought than people realize. Like it's a discard spell a lot of the time for free. I mean a lot of the time what'll end up happening is when you just hit their brainstorm, they end up a little bit mana screwed, you know, X percentage of the time because they can't I mean, you know how many times you dig where you cast Brainstorm and you're looking for another land. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Right. And, uh, you, when you play Mental Misstep, it lets you make your, both of you go down a card without you having to pay any mana. And then when you're him to Taraki, so that you're spending your mana making them go down two more cards, and you spent your first turn thoughts using them so they went down another card, they end up completely defenseless. So that if, uh, you know, you follow up with the Dark Confidant or a Jace the Mind Sculptor or something, uh, you can just ride that to victory, you know?
2: Yeah, because you re feel on all these, uh, things that are keeping their hand empty. So it just That's, seems, and you have your threat down, so you're just, you know, riding yeah, I, it.
3: Yeah, I think that you really want to play a bug deck, like, uh, a, a very tempo oriented sort of game, right? Like, you want to just kind of knock them off balance enough so that then. You can take some card that gains you an advantage every turn.
5: Mm-hmm. You can
3: ride that card to victory. You know, yeah. Tarmogoyf fine too because he, you know, puts them on such a short clock. But like Dark Confidant and Jace are both amazing just because of the fact that they uh, get they they pay you immediately. You know, like within one turn you're already seeing a profit card advantage wise. Mm-hmm. in Case they do draw an answer to it, but all three are good Tarmogoyf, Dark Confidant, and Jace. So I just like the idea of getting a temporary advantage and then pressing it with one of those one of those cards. You know.
2: Yeah. So in in a post mental misstep world, which is gonna be Providence, like what decks do you think look good? I mean Team America looks good. Uh maybe maybe Affinity if Team America's gonna be uh out in force. Um what what else do you think looks good?
3: Merfolk. Merfolk looks good. Merfolk gets mental misstep, which is awesome. And Merfolk is uh is pretty good against the bug deck. Mm-hmm. Um let's see. Uh, various amalgamations of just blue decks, you know, just, like, counterbalance, Um, I, I kinda wonder, cause I feel like this is actually gonna, like the whole mental misstep thing is actually gonna thrust things into a, into a very sharp cycle. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. like, legacy always goes cyclical, as you know, but mental misstep I think is gonna make it cycle much more severe than it normally would. Because mm-hmm. I think that we're gonna initially see uh like the first like level one is gonna be a massive anti combo spike. Like right now combo is super, super good. You know, like high tide's the best, uh, or is arguably the best, and then <laughs> there's like ten different combo decks that are all super good. Dredge, Breakfast, uh, Painter, Painter. There's a lot, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of really good combo decks. And uh and at the end of the day, mental misstep is um is awesome against all of them. And uh and I don't, I, like, I'm not in the camp of mental misstep should go in every single deck. Mm-hmm. But I think that enough people will play mental misstep that it will make life much harder for the combo people, and a lot of the combo people are just not going to want to play, you know, face first into a field full of mental missteps. And so once there are less combo people, it makes counterbalance strategy a little bit weaker. Now counterbalance mm-hmm. does gain mental misstep, and so, I mean, it's even better too. But it kind of uh, loses top, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing, is that I think that, um, well, Mental Misstep is a plus for Counterbalance against Combo. Uh, the aggro, like the blue decks that are more tempo oriented, like Merfolk or, uh, or the Bug Deck, mm-hmm. Mental Misstep helps them a lot more, because if, you know, like the, the, the Counterbalance deck really counts on its top, you know? Yeah, Whereas, and it
2: swords to Plowshear, too, to keep the pressure off.
3: Right, and I actually think the Mental Misstep's going to help encourage people to play more Go for the Throat and Dismember. Because, uh-huh. like, honestly, what are you even playing white for besides Plow in those decks? Most of the time, you're not really doing much besides Plow. and yeah,
2: unless they have the Enlightened Tutor package, but, yeah.
3: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, if you're going the whole blue, okay, yeah, that's a different route. Then you've got yep. like the Humility or Wrath of God or, or, you know, all the different different stuff like that. But, um. I guess I was talking about, like, the three or the three or four-color counterbalance decks just splash white. For mm-hmm. I'm kind of imagining that they will be more inclined to play Go for the Throat or Dismember, partly to dodge this misstep, you know? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And partly just because black, like, I kind of think you want to be in black anyway. The combination, I mean, it has such good sideboard options, you know, and even if you're playing Thopter, you can play softer with black. I mean, I guess you're losing like tutor. You could just play three colors. Also, it's just counting on plow in a world where people have all the aggro decks get mental misstep. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that um, aggro loam might be pretty good now with that m- mental misstep is out. What do you think of that? Because I mean, it's going to drive the combo decks. Uh, I mean, it's going to drive the combo decks. Not completely out, but it's going to. It's going to make them more scarce because the combo decks can't reliably cast their one-drops. So then Agro Loam typically has a bad matchup against combo, and and then they also get Mental Misstep to stop Swords of Plowshare. So, I mean, what do you think of, of Agro Loam making a comeback?
3: Uh, it could be. I mean, you know, I have to see what the rest of the deck looks like. But uh, I definitely think you want to play Blue Mana. Like I think that a lot of people are its kind of crazy. They're talking about just not playing any Blue Mana at all. And I like you like you've got these fetch lands. why not play a little bit of blue mana? You know?
2: Yeah, but and you got you got mox diamond in the in the uh loam deck anyways, you
3: know? So right, oh for sure. Yeah, you don't have to play much, you know, like a single tropical island would add a lot, but in between the Mox diamonds, the tropical and the fetches. But no, I mean like uh so when you're playing loam, um it gives you kind of a natural strength against him to Turok decks, which is, which is pretty exciting. Um, I guess I'd have to see how much... Especially, yeah, if you're saying... If the combo decks uh, become less popular, and those were weak matchups for Agro Loam anyway, and Aggro Loam gains Mental Misstep, yeah. that, that's kind of a nice boost. That could, that could be a nice boost. Yeah, it seems, it seems like it'd be pretty good. I
2: mean, Loam used to run um, Chalice Main... Because they had such a problem with combo and, and swords to plowshare. But, um, you know, it, and there wasn't a lot of hymn decks around at that time. So, I mean, with that kind of like p- praying on the hymn decks, because, I mean, because you have, you know, you have loam, you have a uh, Valrath Stronghold, and, you know, the kind of like a land destruction type of, depending on how you build it, you know what I mean? I mean, you can build it toolboxy with Knight of the Reliquary, or you can just go like Terravor, you know. Um, what's that guy? Countryside
3: Crusher Aggro, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. So.
3: So, yeah, that's, it's that's interesting that's to see. Terravor and Knight of the Reliquary are two of the creatures that, uh, actually get much better in the world of Dismember. I mean, I think Dismember is a really hot card that, um, because of the fact that it does things like hit Painter Servant, or, uh, hits, uh, a turn one creature. Uh-huh. You know, like, it's got some advantages to go for the throat. Whereas, go for the throat, you know, like, if, if people start, you know, hedging, like, trimming, like, Jerry played four go for the throats.
5: Uh-huh.
3: If you played two go for the throat and two dismember, which I think a lot of people might go with a mix like that, uh-huh. then, uh, Teravor and Knight of the Reliquary start looking like, uh, bigger problems, you know, bigger threats. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because the old, um, the old Team America deck used to run
2: Snuff Out, right?
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 and I think Dismember is just miles better. Yeah, and that's
2: kind of like, that's what I kind of thought about first when I seen Dismember was it's kind of like a Snuff Out, but
3: it just seems better. Gives you so much more flexibility. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to lose the life, uh, but you can still uh, do it for whatever mana you need. You know, it can be the, you can do it for one, two, or three, and uh it it hits Gaddictine, and minus five, minus five is just better than, uh, is better effect than Snuff Out right now. Yeah Yeah, definitely
2: <laughs> So like, talking about Dismember What, um, what other cards From, uh, from the new set Do you think are gonna rear their head In Legacy?
3: Uh, well, for sure Like, obviously Mental Misstep and Dismember But then there's also, um and Probe is pretty sweet, right?
2: Yeah, I like that card
3: Um, like uh what all where all and where all it fits, not all sure, I mean obviously it's gonna end up in stuff like Belcher, you know, but I also think that it's kind of a uh, kind of a sweet card in cabal therapy nice. decks, and uh it's definitely very exciting with just every random combo deck giving them some some useful gain, you know some way to know if the coast is clear, although um i it's. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing is, I kind of think that you could actually just kind of play it just to power up your, like, just for the information a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah. I don't I like so much about Thoughtseize.
4: K Kyt was mentioning that, like, he felt at times that's exactly what he needed to avoid the horrible misplays that he does from <laughs> <laughs> time to time. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I was thinking about running it in high tide after um after the uh mental misstep and stuff gets printed because if they don't have the misstep then you can just safely go off, you know? So like if you just this thing doesn't really hurt you to just look at their hand and draw a card, you know?
3: Oh for sure. I am with you hundred percent. I think the high tide wants to play four copies of this card.
2: Yeah, exactly. I, I was That's- even thinking about crazy things like uh Isochron Scepter.
3: I mean it, well, high strength scepter doesn't work with it though, because it's a sorcery.
2: No, no, I'm talking about with high tide.
3: I know it doesn't work with, with Taxi and Probe.
2: No, no, yeah, I'm talking about putting the the high tide on the scepter for like after mental Misstep gets printed.
3: Oh wow! <laughs> John
2: Medina attack. <laughs> <tech. laughs> because you can like untap it with your turnabouts, and you can also untap it with your mind over matter. And then you can like it,
3: it mind over the matter. Yeah. <laughs> high Tide and Mind Over Matter. I mean, I'm not trying to hate, because I think the technology is sick, but I think that's kind of a little over the top. I mean, once you have, to, <laughs> once you have Mind Over Matter in any deck ever that uses it, aren't you pretty much there? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it, it allows you to, It allows you because one thing one thing with a High Tide deck is sometimes they pluck them out of your hand. So, like, if you could just turn two Scepter, I mean, this will obviously make that you weaker. cool against the discard decks. Yeah. And then you just wait an- another turn to go off, you know, and then you, you, you uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I was, I was just trying to think of like, cause I still want to play high tide after mental misstep, but I just probably will end up playing like Team America or Agro Loam or something. So.
6: I think the problem with uh, the scepter is that it's going to get all the splash hate against your candlesticks.
3: Yeah. I mean, people playing like vindicate or repeal, um, it's kind of awkward that you're giving them a fantastic target.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it would definitely die to those cards, but, like, I mean, I think that people who are trying to blow up my candlesticks are focusing on the wrong thing anyway, so if they're bringing in, like, you know, disenchant or something for my candlesticks, then I'm happy. And oh, if okay. v-
3: Yeah, if I don't think that's the issue. Like, I think repeals and vindicates, right?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, if they're vindicating uh, not one of my lands, then I'm happy with that, too.
3: Like You're happy if they hit two cards... Including a high tide instead of your land,
6: yes. Wow. And, and your high tide's gone forever, like so it's but, not there for previous for reshuffles.
3: But hey, I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess you're right because it's it's not actually worse than getting stupid at that point. You know, like they spent three mana, whereas if you get your land destroyed, often you can't do anything.
2: Yeah, you can't dig, or also like sometimes you're just one land short of going off. And, like, at least you can draw into other cards. You can't always just play the lands at the rate you need to play them. So,
3: I don't know. <laughs> That's probably the reason why I like to Explore so p- much, but, yeah. Oh, man, to Explore. Me, <laughs> to That's me, arti-
4: like, Artifact Removal after Sideboard seems kind of bad to me uh, against Eye Tide. So, like, as a Sideboard card, I, I think it's uh, it could be an option. Kind of interesting. I just bought eight
3: Isochron
1: scepters, John. So I hope you're right. <laughs>
3: dude, that's financial advice, dude. This is uh, really you, cool. you hear it? You heard it here first. John Medina is staking his reputation on Isochron.
4: Remember, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let. let if, <laughs> If if we're gonna get into financial a little bit, like I'm trying to buy off all the praters on uh, eBay. <laughs> so Pat, like, which one do you think uh, might see play in Legacy? <laughs> which prater? Yeah. It's like
2: Legacy? is none of the above an option? <laughs> we
4: were we were talking about it last week as a reanimation target.
3: The blue one.
2: Yeah, the
4: blue. Ginta- one. Ginta- we can't Ginta- pronounce.
3: Yeah, so Jin get uh, Jin Gitaxis, the core auger. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, he's kind of sweet. I mean, he's definitely a beautiful artwork. <laughs> I'm serious. Have you seen his artwork? It looks like uh, it looks like a Marilyn Manson's beautiful people video meets alien. (laughs) Very pretty, actually.
4: All the praetors are are pretty sick uh, in terms of artwork, I think.
3: Yeah, this guy, I mean, obviously as a reanimation target, like, he's pretty unbelievable. But how much better is he than Iona? You know? I mean, maybe, I guess. Like, he's he certainly doesn't fight Termogoy as well. But, um, it is cool that you draw into a bunch of mental missteps and force of wills and dazes and stuff so that you can protect him, you know? But, uh, I'm not, I mean, he's such a powerful effect that I'm sure he'll have uses, you know, at some point. He's just, like, he's one of the five best creatures to be in play ever, you know? Wow, really? Like, if you can, like, for turn one, I mean, like, for, like, at the very beginning of the game, like uh-huh. who else do you want besides, like there's like there's Iona, right? Like there's yep. uh I guess there's like um so whatever your favorite creature is that makes the opponent unable to attack anymore. Uh huh. You know? And then there's like Terastodon. I mean this guy like cont- like my like wheel of Fort- like drawing seven and them losing their entire hand does put enormous pressure on them. Now, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> now it's kinda Kind of strange, though. Uh, he actually isn't a very good reanimation target uh sometimes a little bit later on. You know, like, he doesn't have an immediate impact on the board, you know. But what's kind of sick is that, like, with Flash, I kind of just want to cast this dude. <laughs> In standard, right? You heard it here f- first, folks. Well, sure. <laughs> so, Dude, if you attack with a guy who's got a sword of feast and famine on him, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's sick. Yeah? Why <laughs> only. It's Why not? Whoa! Whoa. Oh, this is
2: hot. Dude, someone's gonna have to clean up the wall behind me because he just blew my brains off <laughs> Oh <it>. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I
3: mean, doesn't that sound, doesn't that sound, seem exciting? Seems good. Seems pretty exciting. I just want doesn't,
4: It doesn't seem even that hard because like, <laughs> if you've reached five lands, you can basically like, you you can cast them, basically.
3: Right, like, yeah. turn two, you play your Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> turn three, you forge the sword into play. Uh And turn four, you equip and attack. And then on the next one, boom. <laughs> 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 you, can <access. laughs> you can win even more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh man, man, that's ridiculous.
3: But no, I do actually think that he's such a powerful effect, and he does so many unique things. That he's going to have some uses, and it's going to be sweet every time he uh, gets to u- be used. Because every single time, you're going to feel like, oh yeah, this is the time I get to jingle taxes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man,
4: yeah, I think all the us... he's got a really good name too.
3: <laughs> no so one I can pronounce, it. <laughs> no one can pronounce it.
2: No can pronounce it.
3: Is it how, Ging- how how is it pronounced? Ging- Cataxius? It's got to be a Ging- not, Cataxius, right?
2: I have no idea.
3: I think that sounds right. I'll, I'll take you your know. word on it. <laughs> oh, this isn't my word, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're staking that,
2: your reputation on the, the the pronunciation of this name.
3: <laughs> that
4: name has to go into a song.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You should you should uh, rap about that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of words that rhyme naturally
3: with Jinka Texas. <laughs> <laughs> so In fact, I'm back with Jinka Texas. <laughs> 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 when you when you win with that guy,
4: you're, you you obviously can say still add all these at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so That's true. Like, you are definitely going to still have an awful lot of bees. <laughs> Um, Are are there any of the other praetors that you were looking at for uh, for <laughs>
2: so, so basically, Alex, you were wrong. Let's just note that one. Wait, on
3: but
2: what? G- well, he he said Jink attacks us in Reanimator.
3: Oh yeah, I think you could. I think if it's got chances. I don't think it's a sure thing or anything, but I think it's got chances as a one of in Reanimator.
6: Alright. Well, one of my favorite parts about it is once you draw the seven cards, then you go to your discard step and you discard, like, another fatty or whatever.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) So the the other. I just don't like that he loses the race to Tarmogoyf. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now, granted, sometimes you win the race because, like, if you draw 14 extra cards, hopefully you found another way to make another fatty. You know?
2: Yeah, if you don't it's gonna be embarrassing. They're like, okay, I'll play my two drop and then discard my hand, go. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. So um the other one that I was that I was actually um thinking that might see play is the is the white one. The uh what what is it called? Uh Elish Elish Norn. Norn. Yeah. I was thinking that might be a dredge target against like uh goblins or merfolk.
3: Hmm. Is that the best type of that effect? Is that the best way to lock out creatures? I mean, is that well, better than, like, say, a Blazing Archon? I think
2: because they have Sower is what we we came to the conclusion. Because they have Sower, like, the Sower can't really touch this guy. And, like, it's kind of like a lot of people play Engineer Plague against these kind of decks. And this is like a double plague. Plus, it pumps your zombies. So most of the time, if you kill their team and you have, like, four or five zombies, you could just kill them with your zombies. It's yeah, kind of like uh What's that guy? The, the the guy that you actually play that uh, gives you guys haste and stuff. Um, Flame Kinsella. Yeah, it's kind of like Flame zealot in that sense.
3: Yeah, and you know what? Like it, the fact that it has vigilance is 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 kind of sweet. Like uh, compared to blazing archon, sometimes, um, like the blazing archon stops their whole attack, but the vigilance on a giant fatty will greatly deter any possible attacks they could mount anyway. Like if they just had enough lords in play. Uh-huh. And th- this guy has an immediate impact, so that if they if they're like splashing black for, uh, you know, like go for the throat, or if they are, um, if they're goblins if they cast Warren Weirding, I mean, this guy like he still had an impact, you know. Yeah, definitely. So like that's that's kind of what I was thinking. I don't
2: know. Uh, I I know that I'd probably want one in my sideboard of Dredge if I was, you know.
3: Wait a minute. Why can't you use this guy in Reanimator? Like what's the be- like I mean if you're playing against go- uh goblins uh like what creature do you want to go get against them? Like isn't the best creature against goblins right now just Grave Titan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't no, know. Seriously. Like I mean like I think like I sideboard like when I play Reanimator, I sideboard a Grave Titan because like there's no good fatty to get against goblins because if you just get the Blazing Archon, they warn they warn weird in you. Uh-huh. Whereas at least with Grave Titan, he can fight that, you know? Now, yeah, that's Now, this, this guy, if they, if they weren't weirding you, you you still lose him. But at least you swept their entire board, you know, which, I mean, like, I'm not sure if that's actually better, but it's interesting. It's worth thinking about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I want to play Ellis Norn. <laughs> no, dude, I'm with you. I'm sold, convinced. I think Elshorn will be a fringe legacy card, or have good chances of being a fringe legacy card. Nice. I think it's. I think it'll be a playable uh, standard card and block card as well.
2: Yeah, I agree. There definitely,
3: especially if the Titans rotate out.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one can hope.
3: <laughs> and um, what, what, okay, what's the line at right now with regards to the Titans rotating? Because I heard like people think that it's like. 100% or something. like. People are talking about it being confirmed that they're in, which no. obviously just isn't true, right?
2: Yeah, it's not true. That everyone's. Uh, they're basically drawing from the fact that they're being printed in this uh, Steam promos or whatever. So, like, they figure that, oh, why would Wizards print a promo that that you can't play in Standard? And I'm like, well, you know, they've done it before, and on top of that, you could still play these promos for a good, I think, like six months or something after they get printed. So... I'm pretty sure that they're not going to be an M11, especially with uh, stuff like an Massacre M12?
3: Worm. I, I think they will be an M11.
2: Oh, yeah, M12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially like with Massacre Worm and in the in the blue um, Consecrated Sphinx and now these Praetor Cycle. Like, it just seems like it, it doesn't jive with the rest of the messages we're getting.
3: Well, plus, if they print the Titans, that's not going to sell PAX M12, you know? People aren't going to bust PAX M12 trying to get their Titans. Yeah. Most of the, like, there's an awful lot of Titans that are in circulation, and the value is going to crash. But, uh, if they, if they, as long as they can print the Titans, people are less incentivized to want to go out and, and, you know, value those, those Elish Norns, the Shiola Whispering Ones, the, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> what are, the new fatties. So, I kind of imagine that it, I kind of think, it, I think they're going to rotate personally. So. Yeah, I, I think so too. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I hope so. Um, what about the nah. black Praetor? Isn't the black Praetor kind of sweet? Yeah, that's
2: sick. It's I mean, an abyss, right? An abyss and a re- and a dombringer.
3: Well, and it, well, it's better than the abyss. They have to just sacrifice a guy every turn.
2: Yeah, it's not it's not uh, non-artifact, right? Is that what abyss right. says?
3: Right, or targeting. Oh wow! Like the abyss targets. Yeah, I didn't realize the abyss targets. Yeah, the abyss was kind of sweet with untargetable creatures. But, yeah, this guy, 6-6 uh, six, six Swamp Walk is, is, you know, like, that's a pretty big body and compared to Rhea. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the, it has the Rhea ability also, but then it also abysses your opponent. So, I mean, this is like, I mean, Rhea has seen play. And this guy, yeah. this chick is, you know,
2: twice. This is the like the sick reanimator tech, right?
3: I mean, I don't know. It's tough with all these fatties. Like, you can't actually say that every creature is the best creature for reanimation.
2: <laughs> well, well, no. I mean, in the mirror match, because they're they're just reanimating one dude, and then you just make them. Yeah, I own. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you can't cast anything, you can't.
3: Right. Yes. That's I'm not trying to be a hater. It's just the problem is that everything has to be compared to Iona. Yeah, that's true. That's why the only ones that get played are the ones that have a niche. You know, it's not that those are the best fatties. It's it's just that each one of them does something to the extreme. Terastodon can get rid of you know every kind of permanent or put them on a one turn clock a lot of the time. Uh, you know Impe- the Platinum Imperium uh, is a way to make it so that you don't die. That, that makes your reanimates continue to have value even when you don't have the life. You know.
5: Uh-huh.
3: So I mean I think each one I think whatever creatures you actually play in a Legacy Reanimated deck generally they have to have a very specific function.
2: Yeah, they well, have to let's solve a problem or something.
3: Right, exactly. So, I mean, this one, it might, you know, like, uh, I'm not sure. I think this might end up being more of a standard card or a block no. card. Or an we'll EDH say. card. I think all these well, praetors it's will. an EDH card. There's no <laughs> question about that. <laughs> I think that's the format most
6: of the praetors are going to see play in.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an eye to Commander in this set, you know? Yeah, Definitely.
1: Okay, Pat, as we wrap up the show, and we thank you for your time, I have one last question, and I'm excited that uh, you're going to be at Providence? Absolutely. So we are going to finally get to meet, that's going to be awesome, <laughs> and get you to sign the book I just bought at SCG Boston, your book. Um, my question is, oh, no, uh, your someone- question was, am I going to be
3: in
0: Providence? Oh!
3: Oh! Well, damn! <laughs> that's all I you all, get. Yeah. All you
1: get it. <laughs> um, my question is, like, as someone that you know usually focuses on standard, doesn't really have that much time for legacy. That's why I went and asked you what deck I should start off with in legacy. And I want something. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be brewing at all for for this format. So I w- I'm looking for a deck that's a safe choice to just keep practicing and get really good at it. And I'm thinking, is Murph would Murfolk be a good choice for me? That's that's what I'm considering to just play as many games as possible and to bring that to Providence.
3: Yeah, I think Murfolk's a safe choice.
6: Okay.
3: Murfolk will definitely be playable. It'll be good. It's uh, it's a linear enough thing that learning how to play it isn't as daunting as playing you know all the brainstorm decks. Right. Um, I would uh, I would experiment with with Murfolk. I think that uh, I think that Murfolk is a good choice. Okay, and that that's perfect. I got I got my deck.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe I would
3: also watch. I would pay close attention to what Alex Bertuccini is doing. But he's been doing so well with that deck, consistently. <laughs> and yeah, it's, and that's an example of somebody mastering. You know, taking a deck and mastering it.
1: Right, right, and that's why I really want to start playing something instead of because uh, I'm not going to do well if I just brew something up and and bring it there.
2: Um you should I, uh you should watch his replays KYT like when I started playing the high tide deck I was watching the Hatfields like every replay on the GG's live or the SCG live I was just watching all of it you know and you should probably do that for Alex I mean he's on there quite a bit you know
1: <laughs> if not all the time
2: <laughs> Yeah so I mean seriously like go back and watch his games and like think about him you know
1: Yeah okay definitely yeah that's definitely good advice um I this is really one of the few choices on my list to bring to Providence, and it seems to be safe and happy that Pat is giving me the green light for this.
4: <laughs> it seems, you know, like, it's a deck that you're going to see in the field. So, like, in the long run, by by learning to play it, you're going to learn to beat it also.
3: Right. Yeah. Plus, honestly, I think that the majority of the legacy decks that people play, I would not recommend to a friend. However, I would recommend Murfolk. I think it is one of the good decks. <laughs> Does that mean you
1: consider me a friend?
2: Look
3: <laughs> <laughs> forward to like, your providence, man.
2: <laughs> it's like friend fanboy. Eh, same difference. <laughs> oh,
3: you're good people, care I
2: love you, Pat. And so now we'll
1: we'll have to let you. Plug your stuff. I've You've actually sent me personally one of your uh, sing- songs that are going to be on the album, and I absolutely love it. And uh, where can people get it and when can they expect it to be released, just for people who don't know?
3: All right, so May 9th, it's uh, The Gathering, self-titled debut. It's Bill Bowden and I. Bill Bowden is uh, also known for his work as the artist Spruik. Um You can see the Jason Sculpture video on YouTube right now. Uh, but it's The Gathering. T-H-A, and then Gathering, with no G, because we're hip, <laughs> and uh, uh, it's going to be available uh, for download on uh, May 9th, um, Star City Games, uh, Channel Fireball, iTunes, a variety of places, you know, like, uh, we're not even sure, sh- we, we're still talking to some other people about increasing distribution, so definitely looking forward to it, it's, cool. it's just, you know, a lot of fun, just had a lot of fun with, me. Yeah. we both love Magic Culture so much, and it's a way to to just combine two things we love and just have a good time, you know. Yeah,
2: can you just elaborate a little bit on that? Like, cause I know I know you got to go real soon here, but I just I'm kind of like for at least for listeners too is uh I want to hear a little bit about this album. Like, how did this whole thing start up? And like what like what possessed you to to do an album? You know?
3: Well, I mean, like uh, that, it's just combining two things I love. You know, like uh, I think we are certainly not the only people to think of combining music with magic. It's just that an awful lot of people end up you know being concerned about if they're if if you know. One, if they'll, you know, people think it sounds stupid or two, if, you know, if they'll fail, being afraid, being afraid to fail or being afraid to sound stupid holds so many people back. So, you know, we're just doing something that's perfectly natural, just combining two things we love, you know? And the way that Bill and I ended up hooking up on this project, I wrote in an article, uh, something where I was neither confirming nor or where I was not, where I could not confirm rumors of doing a, a rap album <laughs> in the next year. Mostly just cause, you know, like the voices had suggested to me that this was a good idea at the time. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, Bill was like, hey man, if you're serious. And, uh, and then we initially got together, we were just gonna record one song. Because he had already been working on a magic hip hop side project of his. And, uh, the chemistry was just on point, you know, like the, the one track went so well that we ended up deciding to just record a whole album together. So. It well. Definitely <clears> been a lot of fun. <throat> that's awesome if you guys need some latin
2: vocals you know to lay on top of that <laughs> oh things out a little bit you know
3: hit oh, might, hey be careful i'm gonna hold you to that now like i'm serious man if you'll if you'll you know throw down on a hook you know like do a little uh r&b hook for us
2: <laughs> hey man if i'm good enough i'll do it you know i'll, I'll try it for sure <laughs> well, not wait, 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 wait. you're not trained you're not a trained singer I'm not a trained singer, but, you know, I'm not a trained singer,
4: you know? Is, is your artist's name the Funky Cold Medina? <laughs> uh, that, that screen name got taken, right?
3: Yeah, man.
1: Or something.
4: <laughs> Uh, Pat, I wanted to ask, The
1: Gathering, is it just the album title or is it the group title or yeah, his other the,
3: name? It is, it's the group and the album title. It's a
1: self-titled, yeah. uh, debut, you know? Alright. I'm excited, and I'm definitely gonna get it.
4: I think, I think you're, uh, it's Bill, I think he's using that as his, uh, Twitter
3: account too. Yeah, Bill Bowden, you can follow him on Twitter, uh, The underscore Gathering, and that's T-H-A underscore G-A-T-H-E-R-I-N. And uh, just look for that, you know. May ninth, the gathering. Star Sorry. City Games channel, Fireball, iTunes, <laughs> all over the place.
4: I well, like. I listen with I, l- I, I was gonna say I listened to the uh, Men of Magic interview, and you guys really go in in depth into the project. So I, I guess like if people wanna know more about it, that's that's the resource we should be pointing to.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. If you check into the MTG cast, uh just recently the Meta Magic, um Bill and I were both on there at the same time and and that was definitely the main focus of the uh the cast, you know.
2: Sick. So what we'll do is we'll put that in the show notes. We'll put um both of your Twitter's in the show notes and like basically the listeners out there, if you want information on this project, where you can get it and all that stuff, we'll put all of that in the show notes so you guys can get it. And we'll probably I'll probably buy an extra copy. And like we'll give it away on the show or something for for one of you guys who comment. Well, that's perfect. You guys are
4: badass. <laughs> I'm gonna comment. Can I be your friend now, Pat? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, Dude, have, have, have we not been friends for like, how long?
2: <laughs> you guys go way back, right? Way back. <laughs> All right. Uh Thanks a lot for being on the show, Patrick. It's been awesome talking with you, picking your brain.
3: Oh, dude, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
2: Bye, Pat. Thanks
3: a lot.
4: So are we supposed to go pathless now?
1: Yeah, okay. So that was Patrick Chapin, and uh definitely thought he gave us a lot of good insight into Legacy. And John was asking all the good questions. He was being, uh...
6: Useful for once.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You anchored the cast, John. I have to give you complete credit for that. Thank you very much.
2: uh, And you're lucky you didn't disrespect me in front of Patrick Chapin,
6: or I would have (laughs) whooped your ass, Alex. (laughs) Yeah, you wish, you wish. If you can try, it's like, sit on me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to hear a finance rap song from Medina. (laughs)
4: The new hit single, Isochron Scepter. <laughs> dude, you know it's I, it's I wanna see I wanna see him swing his man boobs in the video <laughs> <laughs> I
1: really don't
4: <laughs> Yeah That's, dude.
2: En- That's enough of that memory. My man boobs are legendary now, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they definitely have trample.
2: <laughs> so, so what did you guys think of what, what Pat had to say? I mean, we didn't have a lot of time to like extract it because he was, uh, he was on a on a time. You know, he's a busy, guy, right? So, like, I, I was
1: happy. I felt that in our last episode, we set some of the same page, and it felt good that we were on the same page and that we're not complete knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we we mentioned the exact. If you, I think the exact same list of cards that he did, and and that like Taxian probed, we talked about that. Yeah, how Alex much
2: brought that up. Yeah, yeah, I think and, that card's insane.
6: Oh. Still think that. I give it the In- Alex insane Hane stamp of approval. <laughs> you should go <laughs> out and th- buy a playset, guys. <laughs> Trade for a playset. <laughs> Acquire. Engage, whatever, <laughs> whatever. If Medina's new verb of the weekend. <laughs> this card is legit. Okay, guys.
1: <laughs> um, so my question would be: Oh, I, first of all, any other funny stories that happened to you on, on the weekend, Medina, or that we pretty much
2: cover all of that? Um, like I died to a um a Stoneforge deck in Legacy. Um. <laughs> Which it's funny, because, like after I lost, um Mark son was there. Mark superstar, legacy superstar Mark Sun and he goes, You got there, right Medina? And I'm um, because he he got there and we're supposed to do the showdown, you know, me and him were supposed to play against each other. He's like, You got there, right Medina? And I'm like, No, I lost He's like, Dude, you lost to a Tarmogoyf deck with high tide? <laughs> and I'm just like, Yeah, dude, like he stone forward down a sword real quick. He's like, Dude, that's no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was just, like, drawing straight lands and, like, I, I can't make excuses. You know, I lost. Obviously, I'm not a good player because I didn't top eight, you know. Like, it's just the way it is. So um,
1: I had only one other thing to say about my legacy journey. It's uh, I think most people there are pretty – it's a pretty soft field. Most people there, from from what I hear – have been playing only recently, or just got a deck. And I was playing next to a guy who was also playing Affinity, and and he was playing a woman that uh, just uh, was sort of getting irritated because the guy didn't know what <laughs> what his cards did. And uh, at one point, I I could hear the guy going, "Man, you're killing me, lady! This is my first Legacy tournament." And then the the girl goes well, you should at least know what your cards do. And <laughs> I started laughing. I started laughing out loud. Like <laughs> I was playing Affinity. I mean, apparently he didn't, like, he had zero counters on his Ravager. Then he would put three, and then he'd be like, oh, no, no, there's five on it. So <laughs> the girl was really pissed, but she ended up winning, I think, games two and three with Null Rod, so it was all good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the girl who knew how to play the deck. It's 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 the best when like the guy who doesn't know what his cards do just rolls you. You know what I mean? It's just God, like clearly
6: I... you've never seen KYT play. Cause... <laughs> He's like, I, I guess remember... I'll just attack now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember KYT when he first played Affinity uh, Deck, courtesy of Pat Chapin, and uh, yeah, he was like misplaying left and right, and he was just like so confused, and yet he was his opponent was so frustrated, and yet KYT was still winning. It was really funny. <laughs> He's like,
2: wait, should I put this cranial plane on my like, dude? I like, yeah, I think I'm going to... Like, my buddy Eugene, he does that stuff to put people on tilt. Like, he'll be like, oh, should I... Um, I, He plays a Jace, and then he's like, huh, should I faint seal or should I brainstorm, you know? And then he's like, oh, I'll just flip a coin. So he flips a coin, like, right there, and, like, he's like heads, you know, I'll brainstorm, and then he, like, looks, and he's like, oh, it looks like I'm fate-sealing, and then he'll fate-seal him, you know? <laughs> and it's, just, like, it's just, like, random things, but people just get so pissed, because, like, the guy will have a bolt in his hand, and, like, he's got the opportunity, if it just comes up tails, he's got the opportunity to kill the Jace, but it doesn't, and the fact <laughs> that, like, my friend is just flipping coins to make
6: game decisions, you know, is just pissing people off. <laughs> <laughs> Not even better as if he already knows that he's going to fate seal him, but he just flips a coin and he's like, oh, it looks like I'm going to fate seal you without saying which, which if heads or tails is fate seal.
2: Yeah, but he actually calls it, and, like, sometimes he'll do that with attacks. He'll be like, uh, should I attack? And then he'll be like, I don't know, flip a coin. And then he'll flip a coin and be like, heads, I attack. And then he's like... Oh, looks like heads! I'll attack you. <laughs> <And> then, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. It's out of control. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, he doesn't really care. Like he just plays for fun, and I mean, he knows his magic. You know, he knows what to do, but he just just does it to kill people. Well, and, clearly, he doesn't
6: actually know what to do, or he wouldn't be flipping a coin.
2: <laughs> sure, he knows what to do. I mean, come on, you can know what to do and still flip a coin.
4: <laughs> he's he's playing with handicap. <laughs>
1: So like, yeah. So John sadly, I think you you told us that finally you will not make it to Providence. Yeah, I will not be
2: in Providence. <sighs> I will be uh, in Indy. I will not
6: damn be. It, in I it. was hoping to play I, I, you for another buy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would tuck me in in my shitty days in hotel. <laughs>
2: Dude, I don't slum like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
4: just trade up, okay?
2: <laughs> I'm definitely thinking
1: of running, just to test out the the list that Drew Leving actually put on his last article with the uh, Merfolk with four mental missteps, um, four force of wills, four dazes. Looks good, and I'll, I'll see how far this gets me. And But uh, it's going to be hard to test at a local store when there's a lot of mono-red aggro or... <laughs> and I'm just like this isn't uh,
2: gonna help me <laughs> that much for Providence. Oh, why don't you? Uh, you don't have it on Moto, do you? Hmm. Can, okay, I think I. Could. Oh no,
1: no force no, of wills are expensive,
2: well, right? Yeah, of course, and you don't don't. There's no mis- mental misstep, but we can practice on like a workstation or something. Do you have force of wills <laughs> on Moto? Yeah. No. Damn.
1: Whoa. I, sold, Whoa. I just blew my world.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sold mine to Tom Martell.
1: At how much now? They're, they're still at oh, least. Oh man,
2: man! I sold them when they were cheap. Like, oh. I, I had bought them like, like I bought them because I'm like force wheels are gonna go up for sure. So I think I bought them at like seventy, right? And they were like eighty-five, ninety, or whatever at the time, and then um. Uh, so I got a good deal at 70, and then Tom Martell's like, "Hey, I need Force Wheels, on Moto," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, I'll just sell you these and I'll pick up another set," you know? So I sold him those, and then he's like, "Yeah, thanks." He's like, I- "I'm pretty sure they're gonna go up," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna go up too. Good, good call," you know? So then I just got lazy and I never got him. And then like one day, someone was on Twitter was like, I "Can't believe Force Wheels 110 right now," and I'm just like, "What?" And then I
6: looked, I'm like, "Oh crap." So that trade didn't seem very financially beneficial. Oh, we got that one in.
2: (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, is that it's not even about just, I would just buy them. You know what I mean? Like, if I could just find a place where I could buy four, four force wheels for Moto, I would just do it. But you can't. Like, you actually just can't buy them. They're hard to find.
1: Oh, boy. That means no testing on Moto for me. I'm going to have to. I can test Affinity, but I can't. Uh... <laughs>
2: yeah, Lion's Eye Diamond's another way, too. It's another one that's really hard to find right now.
1: I guess mono-red testing it is. Uh... Wah,
2: wah, wah. <laughs> Why don't you have Frankie Boy like, come down for some testing weekends or something?
1: <laughs> yeah, I could. We can test against uh, Team America. and Then you can tuck him
2: in. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Oh, that's gonna be sweet.
6: (laughs) That was creepy.
4: (laughs) No, actually we're gonna, we're gonna be very manly this weekend and we're gonna go to the, watch the UFC fight.
1: Oh yes, yes.
2: Oh dear. And we're,
4: we're gonna watch uh, GSP tuck in some poor uh, American uh, (laughs) jackass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so hey, what's with this hockey game you guys are watching? Uh, were watching? We we live in Montreal and
1: the city breathes hockey, and uh, you'll be happy to know that uh, we lost. So there will never be uh <laughs> there won't be for at least a year a podcast
2: delay. <laughs> yeah, because this was driving me nuts, man. I was freaking watching a movie with my wife hanging out. <laughs> and then I'm like, I'm like, what's going on with the podcast? And I'm like, trying to message you guys, and like, apparently you're watching hockey.
1: Yeah, it was uh, game seven between uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Boston Bruins, and winner moves on, loser goes and plays golf, so. And- Go Boston. <laughs> <laughs> and Boston ended up winning in overtime, so. Hence, uh, but I was happy to actually be casting, so I didn't actually, uh, get super depressed, cause I would have been if I was in front of a TV screen, instead of, uh, casting with you guys.
2: <laughs> I'm glad that we could be your little crutch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think is gonna be, like, a really good deck after New Phyrexia? Cause we kinda talked about the cards, but we didn't talk about, like, what deck.
1: Right, there's, like, a bunch of Star City Games decks also that, that was up. But uh, those are pre um, New Forexia, of course.
2: Yeah. So. I'm, s- I'm talking about at-, at Providence. Okay, we asked the question at, if Providence was tomorrow, what would you run? Remember that?
6: I would run. I asked that question. No, no, no. You, you, you remember-
2: we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm talking about for the <laughs> listeners, we as Crazy Talk asked that question. So now we'll ask a new question. What do you what would you run at Providence? And we know KYT what he's gonna run. He's gonna run Merfolk, right? The Blue Man. Let's go. <laughs> Blue Man. Okay, what would you run, Frank?
4: Um I, I, I still think I'm on uh Team America.
2: With mental misstep? No stifle?
6: Yeah, with with misstep.
2: Hmm. How about you, Alex?
6: I'm gonna play whatever deck I can get my hands on. But uh, actually, I'm liking deck from the recent Star City um, by Gerard Fabiano. That deck looks pretty sweet. Team Italia. Oh. Uh huh. So you like that after New Phyrexia? Um, I still think it's re- reasonable. Like, it has a lot of card advantage. The deck, right, is like has four Dark Confident, four Stoneforge Mystic as your uh-huh. main card advantage engines, and like since those are two drops, they don't aren't really affected by. Mental misstep, plus you have him to Torak and Gerard's Verdict.
2: <laughs> Gerard's I mean, Verdict. Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah. I think he I'm, plays that in sure. all his decks, right?
2: Yeah, or, or a <laughs> lot of them, yeah.
4: <laughs> I'm sure he played it because that's the name of the card.
2: Yeah, I don't think it was a technical decision. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess it wasn't too bad, right? He got to top eight with it. <laughs> yeah, he so, did. So why would you, like, what do you think justifies dropping the blue in this deck? Do you think red is really that strong?
6: Well, I mean, what do you, instead of what deck, what what deck is black, white, blue?
2: Well, like, the other choices you have for this sort of deck is, like, a Stoneforge, a white, blue, like, Temple Stoneforge deck, right? Like, the, the whole, uh... The whole what's it called mother runes like ether vial this kind of stuff you know
6: right I mean I like I like stoneforge and dark confident in the same deck
2: uh huh
6: um so like what is the red adding really like, yeah I like Groot and lava Mancer a lot like especially in you know, say I'm around three I'm paired against Kyt he you know plays a curse catcher or something <laughs> you know. Play a Grim of course, okay. Mental Misstep is very good against that, but like <laughs> you don't have to lead on Grim Lavamats, you can lead on Thoughtseize or whatever.
2: Yeah. I see, so you would play Team Italia.
6: I would consider playing Team Italia, I think it's an interesting deck. I would well, play I, I, whatever I, I'll deck... Tell you that, I'll tell you, know deck here, here's
2: what I'm telling you to do. Shot call, okay? What's the best deck after New Phyrexia? That's what the, the heart of the question is.
6: Uh, <laughs> goes to the tank. <laughs> um, well, I I definitely think like Team America is, gets probably gets the biggest bonus there. America. I mean, I having played the deck a bit more, I always found like daze was kind of awkward. That you like you wouldn't really want to set your back your mana development by dazing them, especially not like in the first turn. It was okay when you had, like, two lands out, because then you could keep continue casting two drops.
2: Yeah, or you could cast the days hardcore. Hard
6: well, like, you're usually using your mana for other things, like him and Tarmogoyf, and...
2: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, uh, what's the... I'm, I'm having, like... I'm thinking about, like, post-New uh, Phyrexial Legacy, and, uh, like, one of the combo decks... Like uh, maybe maybe I'm uh, I'm not thinking about it right. Maybe you're
1: wrong. Maybe yeah, you're wrong. Yeah,
4: I'm prob- maybe I'm wrong, but like <laughs> to me it seems like the the ad nauseum deck doesn't get that uh, that hurt by the mental misstep. Am I uh, off base or
2: <laughs> I don't think you're off base. I think the uh, the ad nauseum deck with uh, with that Gitaxian probe is a is a fine choice.
6: I don't know, I still think it's kind of awkward, like, with people having mental misstep to add to all the stuff, hate. Like, you know, now, because now your thoughts and stuff can't really nab a force, it's just going to hit a mental misstep. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why I say probe is, is good in the day.
6: Yeah, but, like, it's like, okay, sure, you can see my hand. See, isn't it cool that I have, like, force, force, <laughs> misstep? Like, what's that? <laughs> What can they do, you know? A clear duress effect, like just wait 15 million turns until they can duress you twice and then, you know, get finally finally get rid of your Force of Will?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you have double Force, that deck is dead anyway. Well, let's say
6: you have one Force and one Mental Misstep.
1: Yeah, Ketaxian Probe isn't really going to help you against... uh...
6: Like, you used to be able to beat Force of Will days, right? But now you can't... Like, a lot of decks, I think you're going to switch days up for Mental Misstep. And, Uh like, having a hard counter is really hard because... Like, the Storm deck could always beat the taxing counters just by making more mana. Yep. But Having a hard counter is really hard. <laughs> 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 really hard.
1: <laughs> it's so hard.
6: It might resident wordsmith.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I wanted to ask you what you felt um, the Merfolk versus Team America matchup, how does how does that supposed to play out?
6: I definitely think Merfolk's favored. Like, I really... If, if I'm playing Merfolk and if my opponent plays an island of any kind, I feel favored. Okay. So I gotta avoid all those mono red decks that might <laughs> well, here, if my opponent plays a mountain, then I feel like it's it's gonna be tough. If they have an island and a mountain though. You you're in for you know pretty pretty even game, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't so what other matchups am I supposed to fear outside of non-blue decks just any i I feel like this
2: is like kyt strategy session right now you know it is it
1: is he's just like
2: he's just using crazy talk to basically pick patrick chapin's brain and then pick your deck and then pick it's just kind of like i had one more question pat and like instead of a question for the listeners he's like what deck should i run (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely what what
6: kind of crap is that (laughs) that's what he asks like people on twitter all the time right
2: yeah, he's like a woman, he can't make up his mind. He can't make
6: up his mind. I can't, I
2: mean... But and, like,
4: it's good. Why, why bother building decks, like, you know, when you have all these pros, like, kind of deciding for you, you know? <laughs> I
1: think it would help the listeners who are at the same level as me, in terms of finding a deck that is relatively easy to play. Like, because I'm a complete legacy noob, and uh, I can't play High Tide... Like, uh, like a master, like Mr. Medina over here, so...
2: Dude, I, I almost traded my candlesticks, dude. You heard it here first. <laughs> you said... Didn't you
1: re- write in your article that you wouldn't trade them? <laughs> Did I write them? Probably not. I'm just exaggerating I, what you uh, Yeah, do.
2: I wrote that I don't think their value would be highly affected, <laughs> And that I'm keeping my candlesticks, right? Right. But uh, some guy was going to offer me Power 9... Whoa! So you're trading up. <laughs> so I was just like, well, I'll just get candlesticks back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's always a price, right? If if somebody's like, hey, I want your underground seas, I'll put like, I'm not trading my underground seas. But then if they're like, yo, I'll give you these candelabras for your seas, then I'm just like, yeah, I'll do that.
1: Sounds good. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about? Oh, um, I think you
2: wanted to just finish up on the what is a bad matchup after I started calling yeah. you, like what is bad matchup <laughs> for a Merfolk?
6: Alex? Well I think like basically other decks as I said, decks with mountains and I think other vile decks are hard. Like you don't really want them to play like a turn one Aethervile and then put it on mother runes. Like, you know? I've i I've, I've seen that happen before and then you know the word <laughs> the word right then is like fuck. And they put a stone port missing, and they get a Jit, and you're just like,
2: motherfucker. You know? <laughs> I, I love it. He's like, I've seen that happen before, and it doesn't end pretty.
6: <laughs> it really doesn't.
2: Yeah, because, like, you're, as as the Merfolk deck, you're an aggro control deck, right? Right. So, like, when they take your control element out by playing a Vile, then it's just about whose aggro is more aggro. You know what I'm saying? And if they have Stoneforge Mystics, then they're going to have Swords. And you just have Fish with nothing.
1: Do you think those decks will be playing Mental Missteps? Because it feels like Mental Missteps will help me then against Aether Vile.
2: Um, I think the Blue-White will. Okay, but then they're playing
1: Blue, and according to Alex, I'm favored.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're also playing, uh, you know... Vile, so according to Alex, you're not favored. <laughs> no, but I think, like, what I think is going to happen, and is this is like, I think Patrick started to touch on this, and we never finished, really. But I think, initially, with Mental Misstep, a lot of people are going to be playing it, and people are going to be playing it in non-blue decks, okay? It's just going to be everywhere. Okay, so okay. what's going to happen is it's going to create a state where people can't reliably cast one-drops. Okay? So, like, if your deck needs to reliably cast a one-drop, then, like, like High Tide, then that deck is not going to be favored in this new metagame. Okay? So what's going to end up happening is people are going to start playing less one-drops, and they're going to start to diversify. Okay? They're not going to stop playing cards like Brainstorm. It's just not going to happen. Okay? Right. But, but like, things that hinge more heavily on one-drops, are going to try to shift that. And then, so what's going to happen is I feel like Mental Misstep is going to be... Not as prevalent, because when there's less one drops to, to, um, to counter, then it's, it's, makes less sense to have four in your deck. So I think what'll happen is Mental Misstep will, will then find like a rightful place as like a tempo card, kind of like Days does in certain decks. Like not every blue deck plays Days, you know? But like in decks that want that tempo, they play Days. So like decks that want the tempo that Mental Misstep provides will then play those main deck and then it'll become a sideboard card until these one drop heavy decks come back. And then always like lingering in the in the midst will be this this card mental missteps. So like if the meta ever gets saturated with one drops again, then it'll just come back and clean everything up again. You know what I mean? Or or even at that time it might come to like a point of maturity where like just what what'll happen is those tempo decks that run four main deck will just dominate. And people will will, like, the novelty of running in a non-blue deck or running in decks where it really doesn't belong will have already worn off. So, like, it's not going to just be everywhere. Like, it is going to be, like, when it first comes out.
1: So the set is going to be released in the middle of the month, right? Uh, I think so. And Providence It's
4: It's, is, uh, it's released on the th- uh, May the 13th. And
2: Providence is only... Two weeks from that, I believe. Like it's, oh, yeah. There's going to be a Mental Misstep heavy metagame in Providence. It's not going to cycle that quick. Like, where it's to the point where only Tempo Mental Misstep decks are out there. It's going to be everywhere.
1: So, we're going to see a lot... Like, I guess we predict as a team that there's going to be a lot of it in the top eight, basically.
2: Um... I, I I'm not. gonna say that I'm gonna say there's gonna be a lot out there,
6: but it doesn't okay. mean
2: it's gonna be effective, you know, because okay, some people might right. just play a two drop deck and then top
6: eight because <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think actually if there's a lot of mental missteps out there, the deck that like doesn't play them and doesn't play like one drops is probably gonna be doing better, right? Like
1: Yeah, there
2: work. might be like room for like
6: a lotus. Oh so
1: you're saying I should play Affinity.
6: <laughs> Affinity we we talked about this with and yeah. Affinity is yeah. well positioned. Oh boy! It's just a little bit like a tricycle, KYT, and I think you you you're you're ready for the big boy bike now.
2: <laughs> one thing at like, one
4: it's, point it's I w- hard on KYT. Like you don't like it's not a three deck format like
2: standard. Yeah, it's not. I can't I can't dominate with Cobblade. You mean a one deck format like standard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing I wanted to like talk about, it, it has to do with mental misstep. Is for some reason I don't know how this happened. <laughs> for some reason, people think that chalice is gonna be better because of mental misstep. Does anyone on this cast think that?
6: Nope.
2: Because like somehow, like I think the I think the brain fart happens when they're just like, Oh, since mental misstep's gonna be everywhere, I'll just play chalice to stop their mental misstep. But it's like <laughs> if you play chalice at one, then you're hopefully not casting any one drops. So, like, their mental misstep is going to be useless because you don't have any one-drops. Or you oh. just played a chalice on all of you. You've mental misstepped yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
6: <laughs> permanently, you know? And their so, mental missteps can still be removed to Force the Will or Brainstormed Away or whatever. Yeah, so well, like... Brainstormed Stormed Away, but... Because they'll have a chalice for one, but...
2: <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that chalice is going to get better, per se. Actually, if worse, you... I think, right? I would yeah. think... Yeah, I think it gets worse at oh. first, at least, because because what's going to happen is the one-drops are going to start to go out, and so Chalice at one is going to be worse, which right now, Chalice at zero, Chalice at one, and Chalice at two are all gold. But <laughs> is then there... it's just going to be Chalice at zero and Chalice at two, which are gold, so then it makes Chalice worse.
4: Do, do you know if there's uh, an SCG in between, uh, like, release and... Uh, Providence,
1: I believe there is. I'm not. uh, Yeah, there's one in Louisville, and there's one in Orlando. May 14th, May 15th. So
2: yeah, actually, I'm gonna gonna be in Louisville. Louisville.
1: Really? Yeah, you're, and you're gonna win that shit, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Hey, Team team Crazy Talk needs to come up with a legacy tech. Isochron Scepter. <laughs> yeah, Scepter. Hey. Chavin was kinda like, mmm, technology. I think yeah, he yeah. just like
6: respects you too much for some reason, so he didn't want to like laugh at you in your own cast. No, I, I don't think I
1: thought he didn't he didn't shut it down as as I thought he normally would, so you might
2: have something there, John. I might. Maybe I'm not just pretty face, man. Maybe I'm
6: well, you're certainly not that.
2: <laughs> and, and Alex knows because he's been checking me out, and he's like, ah, it's just not doing it for me. I don't know, man. No, it
6: sure it, it sure isn't doing it for
2: me. Well, you know, I'm really bummed that you don't find me attractive, Alex, but, you know, yeah,
6: I, I know. guess
2: it's better this way, right?
6: Yeah, I, I think we should stay. keep this a work relationship. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad you're not going to
1: Orlando, John, because uh, Joey and Joe will be uh... – the commenters there, and you
6: know how much we love UMTG Taps, guys.
2: Oh, so, man, I love those guys. I, do.
6: <laughs> I actually have one more thing for mental misstep. Um, I've noticed this was there, and I think mental misstep is going to have a bit of this sort of syndrome, again, is that people are going to use it, like, on the first thing they can. When, like You know, someone's going to play a ponder or a brainstorm or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, mental misstep! Because <laughs> like, they're just going to be like, so happy they have a target for it, right? Yep. But instead of waiting for, like, the optimal card to, to counter. So what are your thoughts on that? What would Like, say you're playing against, your opponent goes, like, turn one, fetch for a tropical island, and plays Brainstorm, which obviously is probably a pretty bad play, but do uh, you your <laughs> mental misstep on it?
2: I wouldn't use it on a Brainstorm. I mean, unless, like, unless he d- missed a land drop, you know, or unless it's, like... I have some sick read where he doesn't play a fetch or something. You know what I mean? Like, typically, if he, if like if I fetch and I get a basic, then that means I have a non-basic in my hand. You know what I mean? So, like, if he, like, fetches, gets a basic, and then brainstorms, then I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to counter that. He's got a non-basic in his hand, you know?
6: Well, he just fetched for a tropical island, I said. Did I not? And he yeah, but uh,
2: still, a brainstorm doesn't kill me. It doesn't end the game, so I'm not going to counter it.
6: Okay, right, well, but aren't done to a lot of decks, like, let's say, Team America, uh-huh. only play, like, Brainstorm and Ponder as one drops?
2: Yeah, I guess, I guess there are a lot of decks that only play certain one drops or whatever, you know?
6: And couldn't, in theory, the guy that fetched for Tropical Island and Brainstormed, I understand we're entering Magic Fantasy Land, whatever, <laughs> like, couldn't he be playing a, a Team America deck? He could, he could be. Yeah. So That's interesting.
4: I, I I have a I have a mental misstep uh, question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if you're playing turn one Thoughtseize and it's getting misstep, on what on what side of the trade would you rather be?
2: I'd rather be misstepping a Thoughtseize Me too. I can't decide. I mean, does
6: it- <laughs> I mean, you're trading one for one. Well, let's say you let, you're not misstepping the thought season. You let the thought season resolve. Then they're taking. They can always at least get your mental misstep, or worse, they'll get you know anything other card in your hand.
2: To me, it's like if I'm running mental misstep, it's too to make it, to have like action. You know what I mean? So like, if he's thought seizing me. And he's using his turn one to thought seize me. I want to be misstepping that. Like, it feels good. Like, I don't want him to have information, and I mm-hmm. don't want him to have a card. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I would rather be on that side of the trade. Like, I, I don't want to be playing a thought hes into someone's mental misstep. Right, right. Unless I have another misstep, which is kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then yeah, I'm like, do I you miss that back?
4: Because of, uh, because I'm, like, I'm thinking of, like, running thought in, uh, in, uh, in, uh, Team America. And uh, <laughs> as you said, like, Team America doesn't play, like, it doesn't play, like, any, like, the one drop it's playing, or the Brainstorm and the Ponder, and then maybe Thoughtseize. So, like, it doesn't, like, it's not, it's not really like they're, they're not like they, they shouldn't really be countering your card selection, you know, with the the, the cantrips. So like yeah. the only card that they can stop is then is Potsy. So like it seems like I don't know. I'm not sure if I want to play it, you know, in that uh, environment.
2: But like when I'm playing like when I'm playing Legacy with with the brainstorm or ponder or whatever, like if it's a deck like uh, Team America. I just slow roll that as as long as I can. You know what I mean? So, like, what ends up happening is I'm running really low on, like, answers or threats, and I'll brainstorm or ponder to try to get some more card selection. So, like, if I'm in that position where I'm, like, running really low, and, <laughs> then, and then they're just, like, misstep, like on turn eight, you know, my brainstorm, then that really puts me at a disadvantage. And like, that's where I would like to see misstep played. Like, if someone turn one brainstorm or ponder, that's fine. Like, they're gonna have plenty of stuff to, but when, when everything starts to thin out, and like, they don't have any answers left, and they need to dig for it, then I'm gonna get them with a the misstep. Or I would have pitched it to force a will to counter their goyf or something, you know? Like, I still don't think you misstep a turn one brainstorm unless you have a read that they're mana screwed.
6: Well, if they're casting a turn one brainstorm, they're either A, terrible, or B, bad, or C, both.
2: Yeah, yeah, because they kept a bad hand. So I'm fine with the person who's keeping a bad hand and possibly land-screwed. Like, uh, unless I know they're land-screwed and I'm sure that this misstep is going to... Unless I get taxi and probe on my turn (laughs) and, like, know that they don't have the lands, then I'm not probably going to... Still, I probably still wouldn't do it. I but mean like what are you hoping to
6: counter with it if you're not countering? I'm hoping to
2: counter a later brainstorm or ponder or pitch to a force of will.
6: So you're basically waiting you're waiting to counter a brainstorm just not at the beginning of the game later in the game because you think Yeah,
2: later, because that's when it matters because at the beginning they may have other threats in their hand. Like so me countering a brainstorm isn't gonna cut them off from anything they don't already have unless it's land. Okay, so, what? like, and, and at that point, I have to guess. I have to say, maybe it's land, maybe it's not. You know what I mean? So, like, and then who knows if if, if they're fetching for, like, a trop, and then they brainstorm, and then all of a sudden
6: it's like they actually have Swords to Plowshare in their deck,
2: you know, and I have to rely on a creature like a, like a Tarmogoyf to get through to win, you know? Yeah,
6: okay, okay. I think we've had enough Magic Fantasy land here, but... uh Thanks for your response, Jonathan Medina.
2: You're, you're welcome. You know, any time.
6: <laughs> All right, I'll call you in like five hours and ask you the same question.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead and leave it on my voicemail.
6: <laughs> no, I'll just tell your mom directly.
2: <laughs> you're going to call me from my mom's house? That's kind of awkward. <laughs> oh, man. So any last words, guys? Any? I guess we just moved to shout-outs, right? And let, to
1: yeah. For the first time, man, we're uh, clock, clock not seeing it in uh, earlier. I think we got uh, too much goodness with shaping well, on. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Frank. Condemnous we we
4: could we could have thought the, talked a little bit about the the latest uh, SCG Open if.
1: But I think. Yeah, yeah, we could have, I think Alex touched on one deck only.
6: Well, I t- w- t- talked about Team Italia. There's some other interesting right. decks, like this, um, Rug Stifle played by AJ Sacher. Part, one of the really interesting things about it is that it's not really Rug. It has one Tropical Island in the deck, which, if you actually look at the deck, the only purpose it has, besides Misdirection, is a, is a singleton, uh, singleton, uh, Engineered pl- explosives.
2: So is this green? Is it green that's missing, or is it the? Uh,
6: no, it has uh, red. Blue. Basically, blue. It looks like a blue red deck. Okay, so it's blue-red. Okay. Cause it like, it blue red.
2: Okay, because you're like it only trop. has one drop. So I'm just kind of like, well, which one is the is the the weakness? The...
6: Yeah, it's not it's not red green splashing one drop.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay.
6: Which kind of makes sense if you think about it, right?
2: I don't know, but yeah. I know. <laughs> you think...
6: Like I, I don't know. It's I haven't seen very many red green decks successful in Legacy. Or yeah, the, but you said it's, AJ Sackler.
2: What does misdirection have to do with a tropical island?
6: Not the card misdirection, but just like to make confuse your opponents.
2: Okay, so that's like that, you're that out that, right?
6: That misdirected me.
2: <laughs> 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 it's because I was thinking you're like it splashes the one trop for misdirection, and in my head I'm thinking. Well, first of all, it's like too blue <laughs> to cast that, and like, what does that have to do with anything? Like,
6: why do you ever cast that for hard casting it? You know, you always Yeah, like... yeah.
2: I, I don't know. Why do you ever like <laughs> just splash
6: a drop for it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just for engineered explosives, really. Yeah, I see. So so like the deck is it plays like one Frexian Dreadnought and one Vendilian Clique, three Jace the Mind Sculptor, four Tr- Grim Lavamancer, three Trinket Mage. And one explosives, one top, one basilisk collar. And a whole bunch of, you know, force of will, daze, fire ice, spell snare, stifle, brainstorm, the usual culprits. Yeah. So it's like, it's it's basically, it's a blue-red control deck. It's I think a, it
2: needs a more destructive force. I think that's what that <laughs> <happens>. yeah,
6: Seven <laughs> drops tend to be popular in Legacy when you're planning a hard cast them. Yeah, exactly. Talking about so, hardcasting things yesterday, I was watching uh, at local legacy tournament, and uh, Felix Lapin, who is uh, who KYT gave a shout out to before, playing his usual Hulk. <laughs> deck. He was playing against uh, André Andre Giraud, who was uh, playing. He was playing uh, the Eldrazi deck, where you know. So I actually got to see uh, a candlestick in play for the first time ever. That was sweet. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, the, the Cloud Post?
6: Yeah, the uh, Cloud Post. Oh, yeah. the most expensive deck in the format. Yeah. <laughs> Cloud Post, like he played turn two Tabernacle. And, like, I was actually videotaping with my camera, my my, which was my phone ran out of battery, like, partway through. But it was great because, like, just the French way, because he's, like, played turn, he's, like, slammed down his line. He's like, Tabernacle. And then,
4: you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome.
2: You, you know who <laughs> else played that deck this weekend? Yep. Superstar, Legacy Superstar, Mark Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> he,
6: top, he top-aided with that deck. The deck looks pretty cool. Like, Game 2, I, I it really looked like he was completely dead, but he, like, uh-huh. just pulled his way back into it and pulled his way back into it and managed to actually win that game. It was crazy. Yeah, One I of think... the highlights seemed to be, like, him always dusting away a single Xanthid Swarm, which seems like <laughs> an interesting use of mana, but, I mean, he has, like, so much mana with... Uh, with with the uh, Candelabra plus like three cloudposts, <laughs> you know, and just like use Expedition map to find Iavujin, and then just take infinite turns with like Emrakul, like two of them, you know. Yep. Though so you usually only need like two turns.
2: Yeah, that that deck is looks really good. The only thing it's weak to is like recurring wasteland.
6: Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's it can be a little awkward too. You can have awkward draws. It looked like.
2: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah, those decks that don't have like any library manipulation, like they're they're always a little less consistent.
6: But the deck actually has library manipulation. I mean, it has brainstorm. I think it has thirst for knowledge, but I might be wrong about that. It's Trinket Mage and um, uh, Expedition Map and Primeval Titan.
2: <laughs>
6: wow. Yeah, he it also like,
2: runs uh, moments piece too,
6: right? I didn't actually see him cast that, but I, I, game one was over pretty quickly. So, and then I don't think against combo you really want that. But crop rotation, playing that, which was pretty, was pretty cool. Like you stack around a random tropical island, and you get like a cloud post, yeah. or you get an Eye of Ugin or you get a tabernacle, or he got a glacial um, chasm at one point, protecting uh-huh. himself, and that was pretty awesome. Deck was yep. really cool.
2: Yeah, that deck is really cool. That's the deck that I'm counting on if, uh, if like, High Tide becomes unplayable. Then I want to use these Candelabras, so, you know, I'll be playing that deck. <laughs> <probably>.
6: <laughs> well, Felix Lepan is a really cool deck that uh, I think maybe we'll talk about it on a later cast. It's uh, it's kind of similar to Cephalid Breakfast in, in strategy a bit, that it's, like, graveyard-slash-creature-related.
5: Uh-huh.
6: But it's also it can can kill pretty quickly and has the rogue factor, so he's been doing really well with it, and he knows his deck, like, inside and out. It's, it's pretty incredible to see him play.
1: <laughs> he's been playing it for, like, over two years, maybe? Like,
6: at least?
5: Yeah,
0: forever.
6: Seems- oh, forever. One of the great so. things about Legacy that, like, you can just find a deck like that and just keep on playing it forever, like Felix has with his deck, and, like, Alex Bertoncini has with Murfolk and, like... Kyt has with a fit- oh wait, <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it, it's like that though. You can develop a deck over that much time. You know what I mean? Just like he's been working on this deck for two years and he's still working on the same deck. You know?
6: Yeah, the deck got a lot better with Greensun Zenith.
2: Yeah,
6: it's I actually got I- to the point where I'm considering like playing it because it's pretty cool. Really? Where wow. I, I used to I used to think it was. Uh, I honestly I used to think it was absolute garbage. <laughs> but, but he kept winning with it, so I just, you know, I thought maybe partly, you know, he's just very experienced with the deck and always knows the right play to make. But then, like, with Green on Zenith, the deck actually had some redundancy, and so it looks cool.
1: Wow. I, I, want our, our, I want our Crazy Talk deck to be the Jyn uh the <laughs> Animator deck. <laughs> Please! The yeah.
6: Sword, Sword, Sword of fe- Feast and Found. It seems more fun. You get the yeah, <laughs> wasn't that ridiculous? Oh, man. <laughs> It's you like, can turn save one, it, turn one, turn one vial, and then, like, you vial in your stone forge and suit up some other shit, and <laughs> smack it up. You're like, hard cast, what up? Or, you know, this or is so terrible. Or the matches where they have counter spells, you just wait ten turns for your vial to get to ten counters. Sell <laughs> <laughs> how that guy in. <laughs> Man, I don't know. And if you oh, have oh, okay. first you have the mental misstep. <laughs> <laughs> If I really want to get this guy in play... Man, it It just seems like you're not playing Magic anymore. You're just playing, like, some other game where you're just like, Hey, guess what? I draw eight cards a turn, and you you have zero cards as your maximum hand size.
2: Oh, man.
6: I mean, I think it's
1: fine that it can't race... A Tarmogoyf, you're drawing, like, a new hat, like...
6: Yeah, well, I mean, it really depends how much life you have. If, you like, you're dying a one Tarmogoyf hit, it's very different than if you're, like, a 20 and you can take three hits from the Tarmogoyf before right. the fourth one is the one that kills you. Because, like, even if you're chump blocking with this guy, you're still seeing 21 cards. Like, that's a lot of cards... <laughs> I mean, it's it's, like, it's if you, okay if you, can, you can't do anything about a Tarmogoyf It's like 21 cards plus your 3 draw steps Plus your original cards Something is wrong with your deck It would <laughs> have a different format than Legacy I have to agree <laughs> Should be able to win, somehow <laughs> Like, you'd not play, like, go for the throat in your deck Or whatever, you know, just like, say, hey, Tarmogoyf, Where's your throat? It's right there <laughs> And with that, I guess, shout-outs? Well, All right. right, the clock Nazi has struck. Has struck. Or, or can I mention one more of these decks that was misnamed sure. in, the, in, sure. the, in the top eight of the Star City? Reed Duke, Reader Rabbit on MTGO, got sixth place with a deck that is labeled on Star City as No Band. And if you click on the deck list and have a little look, it does in fact play natural order, so the N-O part is correct. But uh the bad part is a little strange, considering the deck has the only way to produce white mana is with Noble Hierarch, and there are zero white spells unless you count the one Kitchen Finks in the sideboard. Uh, and in fact, it plays Lightning Bolt and Chain Lightning in the main deck.
2: Yeah. And so, so someone called that No Rug Burn.
0: <laughs>
2: that is an awesome name. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, I was looking at the list too, and I was like, Oh, another natural or Banth. And I always look in there to see how many Selkies they're running, you know? And <laughs> I know weird
6: number?
2: weird things. What?
6: What's your favorite number of Selkies? Two. Selkies?
2: I like two. What's your number?
6: I don't know. I just, I just love drawing cards. It's like a yeah. fiction.
2: Yeah, so like I, I was...
6: Jins, l- gin, whatever you want to call it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, draw seven. <laughs> <laughs> we love this guy. So yeah, I, like, I always look Japheth for those... Says, Jace, the Mind Sculptor is greater than all. What about this guy? Come on. <laughs> he, he,
2: he didn't say he was greater than all, though. He said,
6: uh... I think
2: I got more positive response on the Elishnorn than you got on the Jin Kiteksic. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, we, we all love this guy. <laughs> hey,
2: I don't love this guy. I said that in nope. the beginning. I mean, draw, well, drawing seven cards is great, but I, I think there's better things you want to be doing in Reanimator.
6: Okay. But I Point just want, can't wait for the first guy to play this in, like, F and Type 2 and just, like, turn five attacks with a stone-forged sword and flashes it in. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You know what normally happens on this cast? Somehow anything random we mention ends up being played, so I expect someone to play one-miser copies of this in Top 8.
2: <laughs> Probably what's going to happen is I'm going to lose to it in uh, Indianapolis. Watch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like what you draw a new hand I, mean, I was all my cards curse you,
2: <laughs> you that, crazy that talk
6: is, <laughs> that is crazy
2: value <laughs> yeah,
6: yeah. Um, anything yeah. else um, as John was asking me like what deck I'd play and I said like team Italia but I just really don't know like I I don't know what deck I should play so if you guys have any suggestions you know deck you want me to, to try out if he's good I'll I'll give it a try and uh, maybe talk about it on the next cast. Wow, so, sounds great!
2: I hear Affinity's pretty good.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I have already tried that deck and I have decided that it's not the deck for me. <laughs> I'm I sure Richard like more consistent decks over like explosive decks. I, I think, think our loyal listener well, Richard is going to give us an extensive
2: list of choices. And <laughs> he's, he's also going to say less Medina too. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, one of my friends, he's a, he's a kind of a rogue deck builder, and like he, he was talking to me about uh, a hive mind deck for Legacy. So I'm I'm not sure how that works. Like, do you guys know about that deck?
2: Yeah, yeah. You, have you heard? You guys heard about it? I'm looking at it up. Oh wow. yeah, I've heard about it definitely. You basically run yeah. like soul lands, like an ancient tomb, and. Um, and, uh, it runs a couple of, uh, the Grim Monolith. And wow. basically, like, the idea is, also runs show and tell. So, like, the idea is to just show and tell in this, uh, hive Mind, and then play packs, which make your opponent lose the game. Like, Pact of, uh, Pact of Negation, Pact of the Titan, Slaughter Pact, all this stuff. Cause they have to copy the spell when you play it with Hivemind. So, you play a pact on your turn, and then when it goes to their turn, they have to pay it. So, like, some of the sick things you can do on this with this is like, turn one, you play like, uh, you know, Soul Land, Lotus Petal, or whatever they use, and then you just, uh, play a turn one, uh, Show and Tell. And then put that, uh, that into play. Hmm. And then you, like, just play like a Pact of the Titan. And then pass the turn, and they can't pay it, and they lose.
6: Not unless they play Angels Grace.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, the, if it, if you're on the if you're on the play and they're on the draw, then they can't even put a land in play before they lose.
6: Yeah, well, if, if you're on the draw and they have that draw, and you're not playing Force of Will, then uh, they, I think they can do we And it's to <laughs> 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 the I think think some thing, of our listeners. Know?
1: Our listeners enjoy this though.
2: Yeah, it's so. funny because they're torn. Some of them love the fantasy land, like <laughs> you know, like battles between me and Alex, and some of them <laughs> hate it. We give them a little bit of both. We <laughs> try. We're trying, guys. We're really trying, you know.
6: Not me. I'm I'm just like here, just chilling. Has to try to really hard,
2: You're trying to troll me constantly, dude.
6: Yeah. Whoa, after and
2: if you're we not try sure first. I'm succeeding, okay. <laughs> if I ever see you in person I'm just gonna give you the beatdown.
4: Oh man <laughs> Robocops coming after you. You're that. such a bully, Jonathan.
2: Bully <laughs> 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 Frank, you're gonna get a beatdown too. What? Frank's like <laughs> the nicest guy. <laughs> Dude, I'll take all you Canadians
6: on. Let's do this. <laughs> Don't you know that in Canada like one of the rites of, of early adolescence is we have to wrestle a polar bear? <laughs> and, like, you may be really large, Mathena, you know, because, like, I've heard legends of your giant boobs, but, like, you're not as big as a polar bear. Dude, little did you know, though, those boobs are
2: all muscle, man. <laughs> it's all muscle. Oh, I'm gonna throw a
4: cheeseburger at you, and, like, you're gonna be distracted.
2: I probably would be distracted. Especially if there's bacon in there. Oh, man. Oh my God! Here's a here's a little side note. Today, I had a bacon cheeseburger with guacamole, and it was insane. It was like lettuce, tomato, guacamole, oh. bacon, cheese, and this big like steak patty. Wow! And these nice crispy fries. It was awesome. Holy our t-
1: podcast, our listeners are uh, gonna get hungry. At this I know. Point.
2: I just did that on purpose. <laughs>
1: Frank uh shout can you start the shout outs, Frank?
4: Yeah, sure. Um uh I wanna send a, sh- a shout out to um a guy you might know, uh Frank Lepore. <laughs> there was a, there was a discussion this week on uh, on Twitter and I found out you know like that the the five, you know, the questions that we do with the with the guest. It oh. was actually Frank Lepore's idea. And, uh, apparently Medina stole the concept from him. So I, like, it's been working really well. So, uh, <laughs> I'd like to thank Frank for, for being an inspiration. And,
5: oh man. Can you confirm or so not? Nice.
4: Well, yeah. Medina was arguing against it. And like, the way I saw it is that like, Medina's a pastor, you know, and like, you know all this. These, so like, uh, scandals that you've heard about, like, what they do to little kids and, you know, he does ethics with little kids, you know, like, so that's, that, that doesn't really look good. And on the other hand, you've got Frank Lepore, like, he's the, the, the Jesus of magic, you know, It was dead, he came back, and, so it was like, yeah, probably Lepore, like, it was probably Lepore's idea, and, uh, and oh Nadine man! Just stole it. So, so, so like, need a shout out to mind. Frank the poor man. Franks unite.
2: <laughs> Franks <laughs> unite. Let me. Uh, do you want me to? Do you want me to weigh in on this topic here? N-
4: not really, because like everybody, <laughs> knows your, uh, your reputation. So yeah, I mean because it's your you word know. against his. You know, like so, who do you gonna <laughs> side? Frank, I, I
2: will. I admit, I admit it, dude. I, I stole the idea of interviewing a guest from Frank Lepore, he came up with it to interview a guest, you know? Like, nobody else had ever thought of this. Like, The Tonight Show, (laughs) uh, you know, Howard Stern, all these people who, like, I don't know how they got along with, like, shows without interviewing people, but this was just a mind-blowing idea. You would ask a guest questions, you know? And, like, when I heard Frank say it, I was just like, whoa, dude, do you have this patented or, like, do you have any, like, legal finding information, because if not, I'm going to jack this. So, like, I stole the idea of interviewing guests from Frank Lepore, and so I'll just admit it, man, you know.
6: It, it I was, thought you uh, were all original, John Medina.
4: Yeah,
2: it was his idea, and uh, I took that idea from him, and well, uh, I it, it, it it's, it's best.
4: It's been really good to us, so, like, thank, thanks to him, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so. he also invented electricity.
6: And the internet. Well, that's what's, that's what's running my computer right now. Yeah. Wow. shout to Frank Lepore and for me as you, well. Thank you, Frank Lepore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's an
4: awesome guy, man.
2: Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Often
1: neglected on another cast.
2: <laughs> any, any, any other shout oh, out. another cast. What's the name of that cast? You should at least give <laughs> us a shout-out, man.
6: Guys, you don't want to listen to us. It's just strictly inferior to this Say cast, it. right? Say it, KYC. <laughs> Say the name. <laughs> uh, Frank, can you do it for me?
4: It's called uh, Unsleeved, I think. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we give you a shout out, John. Anyone else, Frank?
4: Uh, no, uh, well, just, uh, AJ Seltzer, who's been cheering for our good, for, our, for the good team uh, all along, but like, we didn't get there this time, but, uh, it was the good fight. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
4: Yeah, that's it, man. Alex, on to you guys. Yes.
6: Uh, shout out, to, of course, yeah, to the Habs for uh, for a good fight, as, though we didn't quite get there. And uh, of course, Pat Chapin for being uh, on our show and being an awesome guy. It's pretty funny, and I've learned a lot from reading his stuff. Um. Shout out to Davies Clark for uh for for various things. And uh shout out to Targo from the comments who uh who who says more Alex Hayne. It seems to be pretty knowledgeable on a wide variety of decks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah, shout out to you dude. <laughs>
2: John, like, um, well, I'm not gonna read all the people who um, send me praises because uh, <laughs> we would be here all night, you know. But uh, <laughs> well, I mean, actually, since I Alex has since Alex has won, yeah. you know, I guess it's okay for him to read it. Um, first shout out I want to give to actually one of our one of our faithful commenters, uh, Justin Richardson. Uh, thanks for leaving comments, <laughs> even though um, you say that I interrupt my story so much. You know what I mean. So, uh, <laughs> just want to say thanks for uh for being out there and listening even <laughs> even though sometimes I can be a pain in the ass. Um another shout out to someone out there in the uh, cyber webs and that would be uh let me get this right evil beard on Twitter. And uh I was one time I posted I'll never forget this one time I posted on Twitter I'm so excited to cast with Crazy Talk tonight. And he responds back, you think you're excited? Feel these nipples. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that guy, he's a real crack up. And, uh, sorry we couldn't have you on the cast tonight. We were busy having Patrick Chapin on. So, uh, Evil Beard, you know, win a legacy tournament at the SCG Open or a GP and then we'll talk. <laughs> And uh shout-out to Frank Lepore. No, nothing else needs to be said there. Shout-out to my other podcast, Untapped, at A Bunch of douchebags. <laughs> not, not Untapped. I'm talking about these guys.
3: KYT. Uh,
2: shout-out to KYT for it doing the cool Min of Magic. <laughs> so I can't wait to listen to your Min of Magic uh, interview there, KYT. Thank you. And, uh, I hope I'm not missing anyone, uh, but, uh, I think that's it for me. Yeah,
1: well, we're not shutting this cast down, uh, anytime soon, so we'll have many opportunities for shoutouts. Oh, shout
2: uh, shoutout to Patrick Chapin. For oh, of course. That's the cast, of course, you know? Shut- yeah. So, yeah. So, sh- for me, shoutouts to Patrick Chapin,
1: uh, do well to check his album out that's coming up. Um, I know it's not to everyone's taste, but to me, I really appreciate the effort, and I know Frank was really enjoying it uh, during our TCG uh, player trip. He even asked me if I had still had all these, and he, so he's very. I, I'm I'm betting Frank is very excited about his project coming out. Um,
4: yeah, yeah, the the interview that uh, they did with the the Men of Magic was was really good and uh they still add all these i'm i'm uh playing it all the time and uh, the guy the guy was cool enough uh like bill he yeah. he, sent, he sent it to me uh via email just because i asked him and so 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 they're really they're really uh they're really pushing it and right uh, it's going to be awesome
1: yeah i i'm I'm definitely looking forward to it uh we're gonna be playing him to Torak one of their songs after uh the end, at the end of this cast I would like to shout out to the crew That I went down to SCG Boston with John Stern, uh, Rich Eugene Ho It was a real good time I had a lot of fun And if SCG events were in Canada I would want to go to every one, single one of them um, The people there are super nice And obviously the best players That are there were very kind to me I mean, big shout outs To Jerry Thompson Joey Pascal, Drew Levin um, Adrian Sullivan, we actually talked briefly To um, anybody that came up to me Guys like Bruce That just went up to me and said that They love both of my shows or something And that we are the reason that they could get through work I mean, that's, that's a huge compliment And I know I'm going to be forgetting some of you guys And obviously a plug to face2facegames.com Because they were actually nice enough to let, if I was missing cards or if I needed to buy cards from them, they were going to offer me a deal or just lend me the cards. So that was that was really nice of them. Um, and that's it for me. So uh, let us know what you guys want us to talk about next week. I know even though there's an SEG Charlotte coming up, at some point I feel that people just don't really care about pre-New Phyrexia legacy. So just let us know what you guys want us to talk about. And with that, I think we didn't get Pat to say crazy.
5: <laughs>
6: oh, you're man. You said it wrong right there, too.
1: Oh, I didn't get Pat to say crazy.
2: Crazy. And obviously
6: crazy. he's a crazy guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow,
4: crazy
0: guys.
2: Oh, yeah, one last thing before we go. Let me guess. Okay, go.
6: King Ho.
5: I knew it. Fuck. <laughs>
6: Well, at least, at least your dad's name isn't like, isn't like Prince Ho or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> at least he's the king of the hoes. Dude, All the right. <laughs> yeah. Shout-outs to my dad, and we'll see you guys
1: next week.
7: King <laughs> Ho! <laughs> Self-indulgent? You haven't seen anything yet. let go, go and get your crime. with win rhyme-style line. See, now, never mind the crazy times behind me. Well, I'd like to mention how. Thankful I am for everyone that reads my article. Star City Games channel, Fireball Legion events, NRIW, MTG Mom and MTG Salvation, Mana Nation, Quiet Speculation, The Magic Show, and the Starkington Post. The podcasters passing from coast to coast. Top eight Magic, Yo, MTG Taps, Men of Magic, and MTG Cast. Limited resources, mana deprived. MTG the source, 60 cards, GG's live. TCG player, the 1802 drop. Vlogs by Jerry Asian Fiber Florida Stop. Ain't got much to think yet About as average as a GP durdler can get it, You can bet What's going on? status am a sack Got like one line of name drops Friends I can't forget Glacier, Dead Sea, Narcissus and Thorn But if you don't know I'm I'm He's just not Western New York But they've been loaning me cars Since before I was born Think on my back That means something Can't sound forlorn And I suppose I keep my head above water on moto Mean I ain't built cargo or EDH moto But who's to say I got it though Still say I rolled though Proud of it Even never was on the proto. And now to gather and finally explode Joe oh. Disc on Star City and iTunes upload. It's a bedroom, DJ just need shaping to help him. Start with a Facebook message, end with an album. In the day, but being the first to sly and pro-play. I'm thankful for Coralash, of course. I'll learn both this generation and before. Valencia Chase Rares, actual inventor, inspired by a burn deck, built red drain store. Made next level blue. Control cool. More gifts next than most would admit to. Invented dark man, and I don't even moto. You think the was my only bullet in Kyoto? Five color blood cascade control, please. Yeah, about 30x starting 5C. reanimator. Green-white quest, you'll know Grixis and Tezzer full. And of course, old blue-white control invented Jason in San Diego. Guns and
0: Guns and go, and Guns and go, and 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 go, and 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 go, and go, and 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 go, and go, and